0: There will be no real non-controlled currency in the world. It's D5, baby, baby. We're coming for you, banks. It's an exciting time to be involved in Bitcoin Cash at the moment. During that whole war, I think versus big blocks, like
1: we'll we the bad guys, we'll the ones that went listening. Fundamentally, we believe in markets, transparency, and tokenization. Come on, you got to come stronger
0: than that, you know, like. Hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast, following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency. This is episode number 94, a fifth of gaming and drama fest. Featuring David Shattuck. Today is Sunday, the 8th of October, 2023. I'm your host, Jeremy Jet is doing the producing, same as always. And this week, we are going to get into some drama. Last week, we had emergent reasons, the deep dives, the technicals. But you know, on this show, we like to mix it up. <laughs> Everything's, every episode's a little bit different. So uh, for those wondering what happened with Juan Galt, uh what's going on there we've got a bunch of other we've got litecoin drama. we got BSV drama it's just like the drama central so you can hang on for the second half of the episode and we will get into all of that but our guest today is the creator of a fifth of gaming that we're going to be hearing about and a very dedicated bitcoin cashier, david welcome to the podcast how do you get into bitcoin yeah thanks so much it's uh it is a delight to
2: be here big fan of the show uh this is very much a long-time listener, first-time caller situation. So, uh, yeah, super jazzed to be here. My Bitcoin backstory has a little bit of its own backstory, which I'll I'll share if that's all right. Um, if you go back to 2005 to 2012, I was really hardcore into the world of Warcraft. Like really hardcore. There was a there was a time during my illustrious career when I was one of the most powerful Restoration Druids in North America. Like, uh, uh, (laughs) yes, it's hard, hard, hard hardcore stuff. Um, So, uh, you know, I was the founder and officer in an elite World of Warcraft raiding guild. And by the way, quick shout out, Eminent of Crushridge, you guys are awesome. Um, So, uh, one of the problems that uh, Endgame World of Warcraft guilds face is the loot distribution problem. Um, so one of my responsibilities as an officer and eminent was as the loot officer. So, what is the loot officer? But by the way, I promise this is going somewhere. This is the story is gonna end with Bitcoin, I promise. Um, so for the benefit of any of your listeners who are not familiar with old school World of Warcraft endgame rating, uh you and 39 of your closest friends would spend many months working your way towards uh understanding powering up and eventually defeating giant fire-breathing dragons molten fire lords whatever uh and your reward for this enormous effort would be three pieces of gear so three powerful pieces of gear but still you've got three prizes that 40 people have worked to earn (laughs) (laughs) uh the question is okay who gets these amazing epics so Uh, Every World of Warcraft guild faced this fundamental problem and uh, used a variety of solutions. One of the categories of solutions to solve this problem was what was called DKP systems. So DKP stands for Dragon Kill Points. The basic premise is the guild creates its own currency and the unit of currency is a DKP uh the guild officers issue this currency as reward for you know completing tasks or showing up on time or whatever and then the members of the guild can spend this currency on pieces of gear so that's the basic idea so i implemented one of these systems uh as a loot officer of eminent and um you know i started out with a set of rules for this system and Inevitably, problems came up. And I learned lessons from these problems and iterated on the design of this of this little system that I had built. So, and I gotta say, I learned more about like the mechanics of money and market dynamics and supply and demand and incentive structures and all of that stuff. I learned more about that running this imaginary economy in a video game than I learned. Getting a four year business degree in in undergrad. Like this was a, this was a defining moment in my life was running this, this system. So I eventually reached a point after I have iterated all these times where I was really happy with the state of this system and I wanted to codify it into a mod. So this is actually how I began my career as a software engineer was I built a mod for the world of warcraft to implement this DKP economy for any other guilds that wanted to use it. And the mod met with uh, some good success. It was downloaded thousands of times, and, and I was I was really happy with that. But um, um, this was uh, important in the in like my foundational understanding of you know uh, again uh, the way money works. Fun fact, fun technical aside for the designing of this mod, I ran into a problem while I was trying to think about how I was gonna store the information that this mod needed to keep track of. How do you keep track of everyone's current balance? So everyone who's running the mod has a copy of the data. If I just keep everyone's current balance, how do I know which version is the most up-to-date? Oh, I know what I'll do. Instead of storing the balances, I will store the transactions. I will store a ledger, a decentralized ledger of transactions, for these these DKP events that have happened. Uh, Oh, and I will sequential them, I'll have unique sequential identifiers so I know what order the transaction happened in. Oh, and I know what else I'll do. If someone is offline when transaction happens, when they come back online, the other nodes will communicate and they'll share the update transactions and stuff. So fun aside, later when I was reading the the Bitcoin white paper, I was like, this Satoshi Nakamoto fellow stole my idea.
0: You're, you're trying to you're trying to play down that you're Satoshi, so you don't oh, get yeah. like, assassinated yeah. right after this. It's great to have you on the show, by the way. Yeah, su-
2: surprise reveal, episode ninety four, Bitcoin Cash podcast, Satoshi Nakamoto. Yeah, so so to to be clear, to be fair, Satoshi had the idea several years before I did, and that particular thing didn't originate with him. But still, if I've had a couple, I will sometimes like to imagine that oh, I would have invented Bitcoin if I just you know, <laughs> have been born in the right time and place. Um. Yeah, so anyway, uh, fast forward to Thanksgiving of 2013. I am in Rapid City, South Dakota, visiting my, my parents, um, you know, for the holiday. And um, as, as a matter of general policy, I don't watch the news because I don't like being lied to. Um, but you know how boomers are. My parents had Fox News in the background the time it was just always on as as kind of background (laughs) background audio and uh one day my ears perked up because the you know fox news anchors were going on about this thing bitcoin and the reason they were freaking out about it is because the price of a single bitcoin had exceeded a thousand dollars for the first time and they were losing their minds about that yes and so i said what the heck is bitcoin i i had a glance at it and it saw it's like oh it's It's money in a computer. And I said, "Uh, hello, copy, paste. I just destroyed your whole system. Like, you know, it's, it's nonsense. But at the time, I was working my way through a master's degree in computer science with an emphasis on information systems. So in those days, I had that unique combination of smug arrogance and blissful ignorance that is unique to grad students. So I, I approached the Bitcoin white paper with this idea of I'm, I'm about to wreck this man's whole career. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to see, I'm going to find the critical problem and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a breeze. So I read the white paper um, and quick side, any of your listeners, if you have not read the Bitcoin white paper, please read it. It's seven pages long. It. Yeah. Very, nine, very pages.
0: nine pages, nine oh, yeah. pages, but one page of references, eight pages and 20 yeah. pictures.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's technical, but it's not overwhelming. It's very approachable, very consumable. Um, and so I'm, I'm reading this, this, uh, this white paper. And I had this moment. I was like, Oh, 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 I see. Okay. Yes. And <laughs> it was uh, I was, I was blown away and boy, I fell down the rabbit hole like several days. I was absolutely consumed by this. I was reading everything I could find. I was watching all the Andreas Antonopoulos videos I could get my hands on. This was before he suddenly and completely and mysteriously changed his narrative to, well, let's not get into that. Um, So, yeah, uh, I, within a week, I was like, this is, this is incredible. This is one of the most important uh, creations of computer science in the last, you know, 50 years. Um, I believe it's going to change the world in meaningful ways. I, by this point, have realized that the problems that I had seen in my little DKP economy also existed in the real world on a grand scale, and that those problems were causing pain and suffering for real people in real ways. And so when I saw Bitcoin, I was like, this is is a revolution. This is going to change the world. I want to be a part of it. I want to contribute to it. Um, And so I've been... You know, kind of do my best uh in that regard ever since then so I, I bought my first ever bitcoin from coinbase in december of 2013. um my my first ever non-custodial wallet was armory that's that's a yeah, real old solid. From, yeah yes. from the good old days um i have uh yeah. i did a tiny bit of um uh mining using nice hash uh i I participated in a very tiny way in the fight against the block stream takeover of the Bitcoin project. Um, but yeah, so I have been around uh, for, for a while and have been kind of watching the space develop and it has been it has been a journey and that is my
0: Bitcoin origin story. That's very, very cool. So I got to ask you first about the little uh, economy that you were running with the in-game items there. Can you just give us a bit more Detail on that. Like, did you have problems with guild members trying to like yeah. fraud? Did it work straight away Did it inflate too much? What was going on?
2: No, that's a good. That's yeah, a good question. So the the kinds of problems that I was running into were like the lessons that I were learning. That I was learning were things like, hey, you can't expand the money supply without limit because that devalues the previously issued currencies. The yeah, the previously issued units of currency. Uh, I learned lessons like. You cannot put the power of the printer into the hand of any like uh, person. Even even the most benevolent overseer um, is going to subconsciously tend towards awarding himself and his friends, um, you know, in an in an unfair way. Um, I learned things like there is no formula, there's no equation or algorithm that I can create where I can plug in the correct variables to determine the correct value of a given piece of gear like um it has to be like price discovery has to be the result of you know free participants in a fair market that's the only way to determine how much something should cost and so you know, these were problems that i ran into in the form of like hey we're getting we're disenchanting a whole bunch of valuable gear because the price is not correct um you know and then of course you guys are obviously familiar with the problems inflation causes like i saw those problems manifest in this tiny microeconomy and figured out ways of fixing them and that was kind of what shaped my understanding of money
1: i'm curious can you explain not just like the things that you discovered but like the thing about not being able to come up with an algorithm and that the price discovery has to happen organically can you explain why and how you came to that conclusion Yeah, so I knew kind of intuitively that there were some pieces of gear
2: that were much more valuable than others. And I thought to myself, okay, I can't just have like a, here's how much a piece of gear costs and everything's five units or whatever. So I said, all right, well, I should be able to say, okay, this piece of gear can be used by multiple classes. This piece of gear is from a current tier. This piece of gear is from a more difficult boss, like that kind of thing. And I tried to have a formula that where I could plug in these coefficients, and it would spit out a number, and I could say to the guild, okay, this is how much this piece of gear costs. But unfortunately, that that can be very wrong in both directions. Like, I can come up with a number that's way too high, in which case, yeah, people want it, but they don't want to spend that money. So basically, just throw it in the bin, and just doesn't help anybody. Um, or the price can be too low, and a whole bunch of people want to buy it, and... You know it's, it's a you know a different category of problem okay who gets who gets priority in spending not enough to buy this this piece of gear so what i ended up doing is implementing um a vickrey auction model sort of a one round silent bid system where uh the so everyone sends in how much they're willing to spend privately and the value of the gear is set to whatever the second highest bid was so Person one bids 100, person two bids 80, everyone else bids lower than that. Person one wins the the auction, but he pays whatever the second person bid. Like, it's just a quick and dirty way of finding in a single round of silent bidding, what is the market at large willing to pay for this thing? Um, and, And that worked out
0: really well. Okay, and so then you had, like you said, you made this mod for your guild. So you said 40 people go on a raid, and I assume you have a few more in the guild, right? Because somebody's like, mm-hmm. on holiday. I know some people are hardcore, right? But some people are yeah. on holiday or sick or whatever, right? Yeah. So you have, I don't know, what, like 100 people in this guild, something like that who are using it, your currency? It it varied wildly. Like, uh, at one point, Blizzard switched from
2: 40-man raids to 25-man raids. So, like, the size of the raids changed, the size of the guilds changed. But yeah,
0: rough estimate would be, let's say, 60 or 70 people in a guild. Um, okay. And then and yeah, do you have guilds trading amongst each other, too, because this uh, internal economy you had going for these sixty people that obviously then would bleed over. I don't know if people switch guilds or whatever or they want to change their gear from one person to another, or it's, you know, another <laughs> gear can't do this boss. So you just sell them your one because you were better than them. Like, does that happen? So, so World of Warcraft had its own kind of
2: universal currency, which was just gold coins, like imaginary gold coins. Um, The DKP mods, or the, I'm sorry, the DKP systems that guilds would spin up were unique to that guild like outside of that guild these this just currency just doesn't exist at all um so yeah this was a this really was a microeconomy of just me and my guild mates
0: but there was never any free market that then developed there with people in like the I don't know could you can you buy your way into a guild or sell sell out of a guild somehow? So yeah one other important component about
2: uh end game World of Warcraft rating is like the the gear that would drop had this attribute called soul bound. So it was not possible to trade most pieces of gear in order to get this gear. You'd have to be present at the raid when when the boss was defeated. Um, we, we, you know, obviously we had a, a kind of steady stream of recruits that were coming in, like they wanted to join the guild and we were like trying them out and stuff. And the mod accounted for that, like it would award them units of currency for, for their participation, even if they weren't in the guild. So, strictly speaking, the guild wasn't the boundary. Like, I could award units of this currency to people who were not officially in the guild, um, but it didn't have any value. Like, they couldn't take those currencies and go to
0: some other guild on the server and, and spend it there, so to speak. Yeah. Well, not that that's what I'm saying. Maybe it maybe just never sort of developed to that point. But at a like, if this experiment carried on long enough, sooner or later, it would gain a market price against the internal current oh. like or maybe there just wasn't enough um integration like maybe you know i know this is all happening from scattered mods and people are addicted to games or whatever right but mm. there's nobody who's sitting there thinking like you know what let's just turn this into like a free floating <laughs> stock market or yeah. it didn't it didn't get to that stage Then it sounds like yeah i
2: um so it was possible in the mod to to give and like trade dkp like i had made that into a function and there was there was one point when someone traded some Eminence DKP for something. I don't remember what it was. It was like a, a month on the guild forms or something. And I made this cheeky comment uh, in our guild chat that was like, "Oh, hey, there's now a there's now a market price for Eminence DKP units, and at this exchange rate for this you know month of subscription, whatever, like the Eminence DKP economy is worth like fifteen dollars now. So like, I basically created money out of nothing and." Some someone came in and ruined my praise like uh actually you spent many hundreds of hours building this this is not a
0: very good not a very good return on investment but it's a it's a fascinating thing right because there's the book by peter schiff um what an economy what's it called what an economy is how an economy grows and why it crashes and he starts by explaining this like theoretical uh concepts of if you have a guy on an island and he's catching fish and he catches one fish a day and blah 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 and all these things that you can use to explain to people about capital accumulation and about liquidity and about efficient markets and all that stuff there's a lot of this stuff that's kind of theoretical and that's one of the nice things about cryptocurrency and like you're saying with this in-game currency similarly is once people can get hands-on experience of being like the federal reserve or the reserve bank being able to tweak the numbers and see it work or blow up or something in real real time. You know, economics is in some ways sort of a branch of anthropology, right? So you learn a lot about mm. people as much yeah. as you learn about yeah. money in running these kind of systems. Did you have people trying to cheat? That's what did you have so yeah so in your guild?
2: So we had people that would try to collude. Like there there would be some piece of gear that like, okay, only mages really can use this Staff of Burn a Nation or whatever it is, Um, and so they would say, "Okay, what we're going to do is, you know, no, no, no one will bid, and just we'll take turns getting this thing, and we'll all bid, you know, one DKP, uh, one at a time, and then we all will have more DKP when something that's shared among multiple classes drops." And you know, people said to me, like, "Oh, this this could be a problem," and I kind of shrugged. I was like, "I don't think this is really going to be a problem," and I believe I was vindicated in that opinion because. It's it's a game of chicken, like okay, there's you know between the the mages, the warlocks, and the priests, like somebody is going to throw in just like ah eh, here's here's ten DGP, whatever, maybe I'll get it, and it just blows up the whole the whole scam, and so then okay, well let's collude a little bit higher, and let's try twenty, and it's like I I don't want to be bothered trying to police that, and it, you know I, I don't think it's a serious problem anyways, and I I believe I believe it wasn't, but yeah, you know there were edge cases that were bizarre like there were some people in the guild that just would not spend dkp for anything they were like hoarding it and uh, you know people would say like oh this person now has like 20 percent of the guild's entire money supply and you know we got to do something and i was like so what it's it's you know it's we've got the other 80 percent as part of the active economy and it's it's all just floating value of the currency if if fewer and fewer coins are in play then their relative value will just go up and up. And if he eventually starts spending money, then again, so what? So the prices will start coming back down. Like it's not that big of a deal. So yeah, it was it, markets. And I believe this is true in, in real life tend to be self-correcting in the long, in a long enough time scale, assuming there's not outright corruption. Um, and, you know, saw that in the kind of the small economy as well.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's truly interesting. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about was the whole block size uh, war. Obviously, everybody who's been on the show, who was uh, involved from the early days and had some uh, involvement in that, uh, it's always important for new adopters to get fresh perspectives because it's one of the most controversial, you know, disputed uh, yeah. moments in crypto history and probably forever will be, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, Yeah. Uh, it's always nice to hear fresh on the ground takes of what what that was like, what was involved, how were you involved? Did you yeah, so I coming? was one of the. I, I was
2: actively reading the the Bitcoin subreddit in those days. Uh, I was there every day. Um, I I still remember the day when when the Thamos account announced the aggressive censorship and propaganda campaign. I I was there. Um, but yeah, I, I can. I, I I was careful to emphasize I contributed in a very small way to the to the uh, uh, fight against Blackstream, but it is something that I am a little bit proud of. So I'm I'm happy to share it. So um, one of the things that was happening in those days is there was a there was an ongoing conversation about, okay, probably we need to raise the box size, the black size. How much should we raise it by? And there were an assortment of proposals like, oh, we should, like Gavin Andresen said, let's do 30 megabytes. And someone else said, like, well, we should do eight. And people were like, let's do two, then four, then eight. And what has all all these different um, variations of these proposals. Um, And some of them uh, had enough kind of enthusiastic support behind them that there were competing node reference implementations, like competing Bitcoin node clients and one of them that uh, generated a decent amount of buzz was called Bitcoin XT. So this uh, client had had its own, own subreddit that's, that's still up today. Um, and their goal was, hey, we want to become the new primary reference client. And of course, the way to do that is to attract miners. So one of the things that I did in those days is I wrote a like step-by-step, like 10, 10 tasks to complete to rent hashing power uh from uh the service called nicehash using bitcoin and point this hashing power towards pools that were explicitly mining bitcoin xt blocks to show support uh you know for this for this change i put this on a bitcoin T, a bitcoin xt subreddit and there was a a user called um hello bitcoin world that was his that was his reddit name he took this tutorial and and really ran with it he built out a uh, a publicly funded, using Bitcoin uh, f- uh, pool, basically that took any coins that you sent to this given address, rented hashing power from NiceHash, pointed it at Bitcoin XT blocks, and then any profits, any like mining rewards that came back, would immediately be reinvested. And this pool that that he spun up mined some of the first ever non core Bitcoin blocks that you know Bitcoin XT blocks. You can go back to those days and they're they're still there. So um yeah that was exciting. Obviously like um there were many tactics that were used to suppress this change. So there was the denial of service attacks, there was character assassinations, there was the censorship on all the major forums. Um so it ended up not working out. But
0: uh I, I was glad to have you know tried like done something and stuff. So that was that was cool. Well, it's just one of the things that I think about in hindsight is like with Bitcoin XT, it did actually, there was also Bitcoin uh, Unlimited and I think there was also Bitcoin Classic maybe as well. But Bitcoin XT was the one that uh, Mike and and Gavin were doing, right? So that was the one that was getting like quite a lot of um, traction. And the fun fact for listeners of the show, if you look in the Changing the Game video clip, there's a bit where it says, you know, you gotta remember the name. And there's the Bitcoin XT um little logo pops up there. So that's a nice drag yeah. qu- for the OGs. Qu- you know. Quick aside, big fan of that Fort Minor cover that you did. Like I yeah. so <laughs> I,
1: th-
2: there was a there was a moment um like a year ago when I was first thinking about Bitcoin Cash integration of FIFA gaming, and I started looking around and I I was annoyed, like why isn't there just a library that I can plug in to do this? Like it should exist. And that, you know, this it's basically contemporary poetry, modern philosophy. Like um, how does it go? I'm, I'm not uh, asking for praise. I'm not begging for help. If for something help. needs to be done, I'll fucking do it myself. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do that. And, and here we are.
0: Exactly. It's one of the fastest ways to, well, because it's in my, the the reason that I do this music um comes from a few things but one of the things was when i was starting the show i uh or just before i was in uh regent's park in in london right and i went there and i was it's a great place by the way especially in the summertime in london i was walking around i was sitting on the grass there and i was thinking look if we're going to win if we're going to get bitcoin cash to global reserve currency we're going to need to get 7 billion people on board right how do you get a message to 7 billion people there's very few ways to actually do that. Obviously, you don't need to get all seven billion; you get a large enough chunk. Economics does the rest, right? But I was thinking about like what what has got a message to seven billion people? Like even Joe Rogan can't do that. You know, he's got what like ten million listeners an episode. If he shills something a bunch, maybe he can hit twenty or fifty million people. But John Lennon, "Let It Be," he he's done it. He's done it, you know? So that was kind of where I was like, we got to start making some music. Mm-hmm. And not that I necessarily am going to be the one to produce the number one billboard BCH hit, but somebody is going to do yeah, it. Yeah, I
2: I'm pretty sure Lil, Lil Windex has that on lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: hey. know. I don't know. It's a good, it's a good song, but he's not, he only just had his one shot. He's not going back he's not hustling to make
2: another one so you you can have you can have the number one bitcoin cash album he's got at the moment and and on it will be the number one the new best new topic on cash time
0: exactly exactly um but anyway that's all a bit aside from the from the point of view of the clients yeah you know it was all a pretty uh grassroots effort that's what this whole bitcoin thing is and that's what i think is important for people to understand in retrospect is that like the big blockers lost but it kind of makes sense that we lost in hindsight really because a divide and conquer strategy is going to be so effective against an under-resourced organic mm-hmm. grassroots movement that uh is not prepared for this kind of attack uh how would we yeah. know like people obviously were um conspiracy you know they were a bit paranoid and they knew that we're doing something genuinely dangerous Uh, to the state but for the same reason a lot of people are still only peripherally involved like you know speaking for myself certainly and other people like you didn't want to be all guns blazing on this uh because you could end up yeah (laughs) which a few people have right at the time
2: i had a sort of like a mindset of inevitability to this bitcoin thing like i understood from a technical standpoint like there are no doors anywhere in the world that the government can kick in. There are no, there's no one specifically they can murder to shut this down. Like, I think it's just going to happen. And okay, there's this conversation that's happening where these really smart people are talking about block size, but I'm sure they'll get it sorted out. And, you know, I don't need to do anything about it. Um, but looking back, I believe I was wrong about that. Yeah, I I, I was, I was incorrect uh, about that. Uh I assumed that it would just work itself out, but part of the misunderstanding that I think a lot of people had was uh, they believed that everyone participating in the debate, participating in the conversation, were acting in good faith. Like that, these were good technical reasons to have extremely conservative uh, scaling adjustments. And I'm I'm convinced today that no, their goal from the beginning was okay. We need to prevent at all costs this system from being used as peer-to-peer
0: electronic cash. What are the ways of
2: doing that is to sow confusion and waste time and and all that stuff
0: yeah 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 yeah. creating delay and division was was enough you know like to to be on the winning side from our point of view we have to make it work but Mm -hmm. to be on the winning side from the (laughs) cbdc banking system side all you need to do is just create inevitable delay peter todd is obviously the absolute master at this so if you want to get some lessons in how to do that just Look into any I, debate or any discussion, <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> uh, I, I do believe there is a
2: certain inevitability to CBDCs uh, that the world needs to make itself aware of. Um, but yeah, it's Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash does not have that same luxury. We don't have the most powerful people in the world
0: pushing for us, we're gonna have to do it ourselves, yes, yes. And so, uh, skipping forward a little bit, then uh, getting past all that. Maybe just give me a bit of flavor of your involvement in the BCH community part, past that time, sort of and until now, like were you involved maybe in the BSV stuff or the eCash stuff, or even just recently? And what's your take on where the community is at these days? So I was certainly paying close attention during the BSV,
2: I don't know, era, the start of it. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I I still remember... The morning. You know the the Squidward meme template where he's like sleeping and in the next panel, his eyes are instantly open and bloodshot. Like I had that experience <laughs> the day um like I woke up and I'm like glancing at my phone and I see that Gavin and drayson has like formally announced that he believes that uh Craig Wright is Satoshi. Like I was freaking out. Like, like he's oh, he's gonna sign a, a message with uh Satoshi's keys, and so that was I mean, obviously, it's been a clown show since then but yeah I, I have been around for all that um
0: yeah I that remember was before the, the that was before the bch split though right
2: yeah that I was believe. a long time ago yeah he's, yes, he's been yes. around for a minute yeah. um so yeah i have been following the the drama i mean it's, it's a peripheral thing like i don't and I, I to be clear i'm super excited about talking about it today but oh generally speaking over the last five years or whatever i haven't really cared what uh craig wright and bsv are doing like i don't Pay close attention to scams. Once I know there is scams, um, but yeah, I've been watching that. Um, uh, I was watching, of course, when the Bitcoin ABC thing happened and kind of eCash split off from that. Um, so, as far as where the community is, I-, I think it's in a really good place. You said something about a month ago that that I was really vibing with, um, which was concerning. Like the people who are in the BitCash community today, there are a lot of people who are involved in a lot of crypto projects because of you know, number go up ideology, either it has been going up or they believe it is going up very soon. That is not really the case in Bitcoin cash. So one of the things that you said was when you look like to your left and your right in the Bitcoin cash space, you know that you're looking at someone that's really serious about being here. They're not here for the memes. They're not here for number go up. They believe in this technology and they are excited to see what happens next. So in that regard, um, you know, Every time I you know, listen to the Bitcoin Cash podcast, for example, I'm excited to see oh what what new guest is on this time and and what what are they working on and what, I love just hearing these little stories of things that people are doing elsewhere in the world. Um, another thing that you have said on several occasions is like anyone can anywhere contribute to this. Just your little local neighborhood have, have a meetup or write some uh, you know bit of software, make an app or whatever. So. Um, yeah, I, I think it's in a good place. Um, we have had challenges, certainly, over the last five years. Um, I believe that we are in a in a pretty stable place, and I'm really looking forward to next year. Like, I think the happening is going to be awesome. Uh, I'm ex- obviously excited to see uh, where Fit the Gaming is going to go. Um, but yeah, and then as far as my my own contributions, um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm uh, by trade a software engineer. And um, one of the goals that I set for myself, uh, you know, a year ago or whatever was to integrate like native on-chain Bitcoin cash transactions into my little side project with the gaming. And that sent me down uh, a path of, okay, I wanna build an open source library for this so that anyone can plug in to any .dotnet application. And with a couple of lines of code, Even if they don't understand how Bitcoin works, they don't know anything about UTXOs, they don't know about uh, blockchains or transaction fees, nothing, they don't know anything about anything. They can write a few lines of code and they're creating valid Bitcoin cash wallets. They can send and receive money, no problem. So the end result of that effort was the Bitcoin cash client, um, which I published about six or seven months ago. um, And it's got a few thousand downloads and there's YouTube tutorials and stuff. Um, and this has been a, a passion of mine in the background, uh, thinking about, so a little bit of side tangent, if that's all right. Like when people talk about Bitcoin cash adoption, the tendency is to focus on kind of merchant adoption. And don't get me wrong. I love that. I love Bitcoin Jason's videos. I love watching like Sonny going around to all these places and like meeting people for the first time. And within five minutes, they're, they're accepting Bitcoin cash. All fantastic. Um, But I believe there's another aspect to adoption that would be good to think about and talk about more. And that is this idea of programmable money. Like if this is going to be a thing, like a large scale thing, uh, corporations, big corporations are going to need to be able to write into their, like integrate into their applications, their large enterprise scale applications, um, uh, ways to interact with this system. Like talk directly to the blockchain, read from it, broadcast transactions, all that stuff. And so uh, there is a site called developers.cash, which is a, a fantastic resource for um, uh, any programmers who want to explore and invest time into this concept of programmable money. But because tools like this exist, and I'm, I'm very proud to have contributed to that, like Bitcoin Cash client is now featured on that site. Um, uh, anyone who wants to uh, to contribute to this can do that. They can just pop in and, uh, and start writing code. Um, This is, you know, like, again, coming back to this concept of programmable money, whatever arbitrary business logic you want to encode, you can do that now. When we think of Bitcoin cash transactions, a lot of times it's, oh, it's like sending an email, like put in the address, typing the amount, slide to send, boom. But you can have transactions triggered from any event that can trigger code execution in, you know, whatever environment that you're working in. And uh, I would love to see I would love to see more software engineers who are passionate about this technology, exploring that, like, how can I introduce these payments into my, you know, my side project that I do in my free time kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think we are going to be seeing more and more of that, right? Because as it it cuts to that, what we're talking about with uh, anybody can contribute anywhere. And that's a very powerful but hard to grasp idea. And like you said, you were sort of paying attention and watching the community, and I was too, during those periods where it's a bit volatile. So there's often a lot of people who are sort of on the sidelines. They've got an eye on it. They kind of know what's going on, but they're not really going to jump in if they can see that it's a bit of a mess. People are arguing. You know, there's just flame wars, and everybody's upset. And you don't think, well, let me just dedicate a year and a half of my life to making something (laughs) new. Project right, you're just going to steer clear. But we're kind of shot of that now, and you have people building up like you're doing with this .dot net thing. And there's obviously the JavaScript stuff is all being built up. So then, when people come along, not only do they say, "Oh, wow, the community is in a good place," but they're also like, "Oh, I don't have to start from sticks and stones. The foundations are already here, and then they can get onto the fun stuff Mm -hmm. a lot faster. And then that that builds up enthusiasm and yeah, one hundred percent.
2: And that's, I mean, that's the nature of of computing, right? It, it's all just layers of abstraction that are built on top of them. Like, I don't know anything about m- machine language or like that super low level stuff. I work in a very specific layer. And the idea with Bitcoin Cash Client, like you said, is I want to build something that abstracts away all of the complexity. Like, you don't have to worry about hashing or encryption or any of that stuff. Like, we handle that. And you just use these simple tools that I built and everything below that is just covered uh and again the idea is just open the door anyone anyone who wants to anyone's curious to play with this like
0: plug it in as a tutorial and you're off and running so jet said why.net is that just because that's what you have experience in
2: yeah so that's that's my happy place uh.net um i have been working just all my like professional careers uh db.net uh c sharp it's all that's my that's my happy place and uh, the other thing it's like it, it there there wasn't one for this there wasn't a library for c sharp
0: so i thought yeah, makes sense to do it there yeah definitely well it's good that we have have you plugging away at it because i hate all that stuff yeah, no, it'd be- <laughs> <laughs> uh, every
2: every engineer has their their favorite uh development stack and you know the the dream state is every Every dev stack you can think of, all the major ones, has a flavor of this. We've got one for yeah. Python. We've got one for you know PHP. We've got C sharp. Like JavaScript. All, all the ones have their own. Just plug this in, and you can do native
0: Bitcoin Cash stuff. That's the dream yes. state. Exactly, and then at the network layer, it all obviously interoperates because that's that's right. the whole point of it, right? So I think we are we are we are getting there. But those projects, they do really take time to time to cook, and you need to get. Yes passionate people in the community you need to be organically attracting them for them to then invest their time and effort to build that. So let's get on to a fifth of gaming then. So this sure. is your big project which you've been working on for quite a while and has now been I I did some alpha testing with you and some other people. It's now in I guess open beta that anybody yeah. can uh try so just walk walk us through from the very beginning what is it and uh why, sure. why this.
2: Yeah, so from the very beginning I started working on
0: uh, Fifth of Gaming
2: back in 2018. So this has been a, a long-running project. Originally, the, the problem that I was trying to solve was, you know, my friends and I, my my college friends, my work colleagues, um, with our increasingly busy lives, our increasingly complicated uh, lives, um, uh, were struggling to find time to play games together, play multiplayer games together. So the goal of this project was to Um, handle all of the complexity of getting everyone together for game night in a sort of automated way, like it handles scheduling the event, it sends out email reminders, it's got a kind of voting, like a, a game nomination and voting system built into it. So the group can, without any centralized coordination, pick a game that much of the guild would enjoy. Now, originally, this was just an Excel spreadsheet, but eventually I built it into just a web app that we could use. And uh, with respect to the overarching problem that I was originally trying to solve, it has done very well for itself. Like me and my uh, my little group um, over these last five years, have done like three hundred plus game night sessions with this thing, um, and it has been and that includes, by the way, three honest to goodness land parties, like um, everyone bringing their tower and their monitors and playing together. So that that's been a blast. Uh, but fast forward to earlier this year. You guys did an episode uh, where your guest was B-Chad from Bitcoin Cash TV. He's and just joined the chat, by the way. Oh, hey, cool. Shout <laughs> out, Chad. Shout out to you, Chad. Good to see you. Um, so, and, you know, during this episode, you guys were talking about um, how great of a crossover there is or there should be between kind of cryptocurrency and gaming. And of course, I'm passionate about both of those two things. So my my ears perk right up. And, uh, you know, during the course of that episode, you guys uh, saying like, oh, man, it'd be be super cool to do like a Bitcoin Cash community StarCraft event of some kind, or just get together and hang out and play StarCraft. And I got to thinking to myself, I, said, I wonder if I wonder if a Pits of gaming would be a useful tool for this. Like it's got Bitcoin Cash integration for just a little subscription component, so a very minor it had Bitcoin Cash in it, um, but it could be a way to kind of organize this. And so I, I reached out uh, in Twitter DMs to both of you, uh, Jeremy and um, and also to Chad. Saying, "Hey, I've got this fifth of gaming thing. You guys want to use it? We could put together a StarCraft Two thing. Um, and I could tell Jeremy that you were you were jazzed about this. Like, you know, your your longtime watchers will know when you get excited about something, your eyes will light up, and it's just this this is great. We were just in DMs, but I could tell that you were jazzed about this. Um, but I could also tell that uh, the th- you know from the things that you were saying that I had not explained correctly." what this was. So you were excited about like, oh yeah, com- competition and like lifetime rankings and all this stuff. And I I was so disappointed that I had to kind of burst your bubble and like that's not actually what it does. It, it's really just a scheduling thing. And uh, you know, so that conversation kind of fizzled out a little bit. But um I I went back kind of into my own thoughts and I, I said to myself, why isn't there a competitive aspect to Fifth of Gaming? Like that seems like it would be awesome. Uh, And at the time I I had just like within a a month or two previous released the first version of the Bitcoin cash client. So I said, I could build an integration to the challenge API, which is like a tournament bracket engine site. I have the tools already to do Bitcoin cash integration because I made it myself. Why don't I just put these together and I'm going to, we're going to have video game tournaments, multiplayer video game tournaments, where the buy-in is paid with Bitcoin cash. and all the payouts are with Bitcoin cash. Like it would be fully autonomous. No one has to be in charge of it. These tournaments will just run. Anyone who wants to can spend Bitcoin cash, like send some money to the tournament wall to to register. And all the payouts will be with this. Because it's all native, even though no one's in charge, anyone who wants to can go verify that these payouts happen, that everyone's getting paid in the right way and all the records are there on the site. Um, and so, yeah, I once I had that thought, I started, you know, knocking out one feature at a time um, as I had time, uh, and this has been kind of a very like I'm working by myself in my dungeon for like five months, uh, and just recently, like a uh, you know, I guess it's been about five weeks now, kind of shared it with the world, like, hey, here's this thing that I've been working on, and uh, that was kind of the launch of the the alpha test. So that's the
0: that's the history of a fifth of gaming up to today. Yeah, and so with the alpha test and the you know the beta rollout just give you know specific example of of how this has worked so far sure yeah so um
2: i obviously did some like basic internal testing myself i'm just running tournaments with my imaginary usernames and stuff but to really get a feel for how this is going to work um we wanted to have a big splashy event where like real actual people were coming and, and trying this out so uh we had a um, a very generous donation from uh, a, a corporate sponsor, digital to dna uh, So they, they put $750 in a tournament wallet for a Magic the Gathering event. Um, and so we had this event on um, September 22nd. And this was kind of the official launch of the public beta. And we were reaching out to... Everyone, like the Magic community, the Bitcoin Cash community, saying, "Hey, come come play in this thing and, and try it out with us." Um, this is at the end of a kind of smaller scale closed alpha test where it was just like you know friends and family. Jeremy, I reached out to you because I know you'd be interested, and uh, Chad came as well, um, and that was that was like our first ever just regular like other people trying it out, and that went really well, which was what gave us the confidence to do the the large scale uh, beta test, um, and boy that that was that went great like not only was it a blast to have you know and we had we had 28 people come so it was um between people register and most of them showed up so um it was a great event in terms of turnout it was a lot of fun um the uh progress through the bracket bracket happened in the semi-autonomous way that i was hoping it would and at the end, all the payouts were broadcast to the people, and it was, you know, it, it certainly had its glitches, as I expected it would. This is this is a very young application, so it's still wrinkles to work out. But
0: overall, I, I, we were really happy with with how it worked. Yeah, so we're playing Magic Arena. So for anybody who doesn't know, there's a the card game Magic: The Gathering, and they have a yes virtual, you know, a computer game uh, version of that called Magic Arena, which is actually probably a pretty safe bet because the company you know wizards is making plenty of money and then also they're increasingly looking to sort of phase out cardboard uh gaming which is a bit of a shame and i have my own opinions on that but uh, <laughs> that's that's another time we have to do we've already done a couple of uh shows where we talked about uh magic and uh, bitcoin cash i was re listening to the episode where we did the the ftx sponsorship of lr actually recently and we we, yeah i don't know some of that aged well and some of it didn't (laughs) but uh anyway anyway that's a that's a whole separate discussion but so we had this uh little tournament and the payouts worked and and everything like that but of course the idea is that you will now be able to as time goes on expand it out like you can play any game right Uh, yeah
2: that is that is a critical component of this um so so right now uh, it's a testing phase, which means everything is very locked down. Nobody in the world has the capability of creating, like spinning up new tournament guilds, except for me. Um, and that's because, you know, we're moving money around. We want to make sure everything's working perfectly. We want to make sure the non-Bitcoin cash core systems are also functioning correctly. Um, but the vision is, um, once we have finished with the the public beta test, we'll ha- I'll, I will flip a switch and we will be into kind of wide release. Once we're in that phase, anyone who wants to can spin up a guild for whatever game they want to. They can set, you know, what time of day the tournaments are starting, they can set the buy-in amount, um, they, you know, invite all your friends into it, and the system will handle all of the complexities of running the tournament, and you can just uh, play, and play in the tournaments, uh, the games that you're passionate about. So right now we have a tournament for, or we have a, a guild for Magic the Gathering, and by the way, when I say guild, that means this thing is running periodic tournaments once every five days, hence a fifth of gaming. Once every five days, there is a Magic the Gathering tournament for this guild. Um, we are going to be spinning up very soon a, um, a a second, like kind of officially sponsored public guild, which is, um, I'm, I'm going to call it the AFOG Silver League, which will be all about Dota 2, which is another game that I'm excited about. Uh, and then Jeremy, uh, we have our own announcement. I don't know if you want to do that now or later. Yeah, yeah, hit it. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. cool. So, uh, yeah, big exciting announcement for uh, Bitcoin Cash episode ninety-four. Another one. Number one, I'm Satoshi. Number two is this. Um, we are actually just this morning I created the guild. Uh, the name of the guild is Power Overwhelming, uh, and this is going to be uh, this is going to be a StarCraft two themed a fifth of gaming guild. Our first tournament is going to be this Friday. The buy-in is $5 worth of Bitcoin cash. Uh, the Bitcoin cash podcast has very generously, uh, elected to sponsor this guild. So shout out to you guys. Uh, they put 150 bucks in the pot. Fifth of gaming is also sponsoring this guild. So, so we maxed the donation. Um, this tournament that's coming up on Friday, it's got $150 worth of Bitcoin cash, uh, up for grabs and then, there's $150 in the guild's vault, which is will be used to fund, you know, uh future events. So uh if you are a StarCraft II enthusiast, if you are a Bitcoin Cash enthusiast, just kind of want to see how this works, the the guild is open, it's public. You can go there right now, fit and uh look for power overwhelming as the guild name, join the guild, and then you can register for the tournament. And uh if you have any problems, any user interface feedback yeah please let us know where, where i was
0: looking for ways to improve it yeah so we've got uh i'm gonna play in that uh b chad i believe is also gonna play in it hopefully we can get Kalisti in there he and i have played i'm down 0-1, and we played a three two zvz uh series <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> edged me out but uh so i've got to try and get get my revenge maybe nice. in this uh tournament um but obviously yeah the reason i'm so excited about this kind of thing is because it's just it's the perfect mix of so many things even though some gamers especially in the magic community like we've talked about before are a bit like wary of it i think they're slowly getting over this whole crypto scam stuff Mm -hmm. and just obviously have to be smart about not getting involved with custodians that's the whole point of this right that it's non-custodial you just uh pay in you pay out there's no like uh paypal fees there's no like everybody has to sign up for these accounts or whatever you just get celine wallet you, it's instant mm-hmm. because it's bch boom you're just rocking and rolling right yeah the, the only thing that you need to create a
2: um fifth of gaming account is just an email address that, that you can click a link that we send you to verify that it's real and that's just to keep the bots out like i don't want to know your name i don't care what your phone number is i don't care about like who you are like you can create an account, and then obviously the Bitcoin Cash aspect is just anonymous. You just, here's an address to send it to, and then we'll send you back, you know, whatever your winnings
0: are. Um, so, emergent reason says, how are outcomes agreed on? Oh so yeah, you just give a yeah. bit more explanation. Who 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 decides who wins any individual game? Sure, no, that's an important question. So uh, there is a
2: self-report mechanism built into the system where. Uh, when a match is open, that is to say the bracket has assigned these two people against each other, both of those two people, when they look at the tournament page, will see their list of matches and their current matches will have a button on either side. One says, I won. The other one says, I lost. So uh, the self-reporting mechanism will collect responses from the players of a match until it reaches a point where more than 50% of the participants are saying, okay, this, this side won. So right now it's all 1v1 stuff. So in order to get more than 50%, both players have to agree who won. But if we're doing, you know, let's say again, Dota 2, for example, there's 10 players in a match. The system will wait until it gets six responses to say, okay, this there's six responses that agree with each other, okay, this side won. Now, if there's a failure to self-report or, or whatever, um, the uh, Fifth of Gaming also has this concept of admins. So administrators. Uh, the system will automatically award the mantle of admin to the five players in the guild who are the most active. Like Historically speaking, they have been the most active participants. Uh, those players, when they view this tournament page, have a another module that they can see, which is all of the matches that are currently open, and they can kind of, from a high level, say, okay, this person is actually the one. So if there's some kind of dispute, or if matches are haven't been reported in a reasonable amount of time or whatever, they have the power to keep things moving along. And as an aside, we have created a financial incentive for those admins to um not only be honest with how they're running the tournament, but also to um um, I don't, I don't know, I guess reach out and like put the work in to grow their little guild community. Um, so the way the the way the prize pool breakdown works is 90% of the prize pool goes to the people who are winning, like are actually playing well in the bracket and finish. Well, 5% goes to the five admins. So each of them get what I'm calling an admin tip, just 1% of the pot. Again, to to make sure they have an incentive to keep things running smoothly. 2% goes back into the guild vault, which is used to fund, uh, future tournaments. And then 3% is the rake that goes into the guild subscription, which ends up in the developer's pocket, uh, which
0: is me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. No, I love this. I love every element about this, right? Because this is so perfect because g- gamers are competitive. And even though some there's sort of a bit of a split, I find like some people are really in gaming. They don't like money being associated with it. You know, it's just for fun. haha, And that's fine. That's great. And like you said, that's what it was sort of, that was the original uh, a Fifth of Gaming we're just operating on that, and and obviously it can still serve those mm-hmm. people. I mean, I guess you just set the buy into zero dollars, and yeah, it just, there's uh, there's now there's two
2: types of guild now. One is the competitive with the tournaments, and the other one I'm calling social guilds, which is just okay game night once every five nights, very casual, no money, it's just just play friend play games with your
0: friends. Perfect, perfect. But uh the competitive side is you know obviously where my where my heart lies and also where people get into putting money on the line and just obviously like poker has a huge online industry even with how much uh red tape and bullshit there is with that (laughs) of people you know when some money's involved and people are competitive and and playing games and that all goes through so i can just see this being like a huge thing for bch because this is also a hard thing to replicate on another coin if you have high fees it's going to be a disaster if you don't have yeah. instant speed transactions it's going to be a pain in the ass to use if you're not a community that likes to actually spend the coin and has non-custodial wallets and all that stuff being developed then it's not really going to run all that uh well so i wanted to ask you about the people like has obviously you said the events have been a success but in terms of the player base that you've had so far and how you see that developing in the future, are you getting people who are keen on BCH or more keen on gaming? Yeah. Do the gaming people get onboarded kind of easily? How does that work? So we've got a mix of both right now, as you might imagine. Like you know, when we
2: were when we were trying to invite as many people as possible to our our big exciting public beta launch, we were reaching out in two very different ways to two very different communities. On one hand, I'm reaching out to the Bitcoin Cash community and saying, "Hey, here's this." new Bitcoin Cash utility thing, like this gaming platform where Bitcoin Cash is you know, the only unit of account for all these competitive tournaments. Um, so come play. Magic the Gathering, by the way, and Magic the Gathering Arena is this free-to-play thing with tutorials and comes with cards. So even if you don't know how to play, just come have a good time, come check out this Bitcoin Cash thing. On the other hand, I'm reaching out to the Magic the Gathering community and trying to minimize the cryptoness of it. Just saying, hey, here's this magic tournament and it's got this giant buy-in which by the way the buy or not not the uh, giant buy-in a giant payout the the size of the prize pool uh actually turned out to be something of a problem we you know i'd go to these magic forums and i'd say hey here's this this tournament it's got a you know $800 prize pool the buy-in is $1 and it's cryptocurrency it was oh was well, a scam i mean obviously it's a, there's no way a one dollar buy-in tournament with you know 20 people and it. it has an 800 prize pool so anyway reaching out to both these two communities in two different ways trying to emphasize two different things we ended up with a i'll call it the diverse mix of players uh in this uh in this tournament and as you might imagine the magic players did quite well in the tournament compared to the big <laughs> cash players who had just downloaded the game that afternoon so um but that presented uh, another exciting and interesting opportunity um, in the sense that I now have these these uh, these magic players saying, hey, I won this Bitcoin cash. Like, how do I, what do I do with it now? Like, how do I, and I'm like, well, hey, I'm Magic asked. Let me tell you about how to do Bitcoin cash stuff. So I, obviously, I had a great opportunity to, um, to invite them to download the Selene wallet. Um, and I kind of show the steps like, okay, here's how you withdraw from a fifth of gaming. It's like sending an email here's your address and this is public and I gave them the whole spiel. Um, so it, it has been, um, so far at least, uh, great in that respect for introducing new people to Bitcoin cash. And my, my dream is my vision is that that becomes a standard thing. Like people hear about a fifth of gaming as this great hub for, you know, competitive tournaments and stuff and they hear like oh yeah it's crypto buy-in or whatever and I, I think crypto has been around long enough that um people at least understand conceptually what that involves um and so people will say oh well hey i want to participate in this this league of legends tournament like sam bankman freed if he wanted to you know probably he would do a, a league of legends So <laughs> there's some topical humor for you that's uh sam bangman free <laughs> yes so um uh, hey, I want to participate in this tournament. Um, how do I get Bitcoin Cash? And of course, we'll have our FAQs, which will link to your FAQs, which are fantastic, by the way. Um, and that will be a way to introduce people to Bitcoin Cash. So that's one of the boxes checked. Like I have this list of goals for a fifth of gaming. One of them is I want to show people the capabilities of Bitcoin Cash as programmable money. Like, and you know, here's here's a, here's uh, this streamlined experience of sending and receiving money into this this tournament engine, and now now I'm a Bitcoin Cash believer. That's that's the vision, anyways.
0: Yeah, no, this is amazing. I love everything about this. And one of the things I'm also really looking forward to is uh, obviously I don't know when, but feature request from me is going to be the the global lead board because as soon as you get that that's the competitive set to max as soon as you have a leaderboard of here's the top uh screen names here's the top uh payouts that they've won and here's the button with like a link to this guy's twitter or email or whatever to challenge him to a one-one boom now you are absolutely cooking with gasoline because yeah. what's going to happen is it's immediately going to turn into anybody who is good at any of these games like making a living as a gamer is is tough right and people mm-hmm. plenty of people play for they level up accounts in their spare time you know to play more of the game at like the top level or they play at the top level but there's not really that much money to it or something but a fifth of gaming could drive all of that uh where you have a public uh system. And one of the reasons that uh gaming is a perfect niche is obviously I do the streams on Twitch TV. Why? Because I'm the same. I've had a long history of being involved in gaming and I love all of it. And all we need is one or two of these big streamers to get, get what's going on here. And yeah. they will get on and they will start live streaming their challenges, playing against people. And they're going to have their reputation on the line. So they're not going to like flake out on, paying out people uh and anybody who wants to challenge them if you flake out uh well hopefully you've probably already put up the money before it even begins but uh if you do flake out or you have some kind of problem there's already a social accountability mechanism in there where people will be like all right just this guy's not getting involved in any more challenges it's the same as poker like to get into private games, you have to build up rep among the known people and it will be the same with gaming here but with bitcoin cash and I'm, I'm- yeah, I'm- no, I love it
2: there's there's um, there's a couple of mechanisms that I believe will be great for driving adoption. Like you mentioned the streaming thing, and I I believe that is gonna be a big deal. I'm I'm optimistic about that. So I I've, I've actually already built Twitch integration into the tournament page. So anyone who's using a fifth of gaming today can add their their Twitch handle into their player profile. And then when you are participating in a tournament, a fifth of gaming will go talk to Twitch and say, Hey, here's a list of all these players that I've got in this tournament. Are any of them streaming right now? Oh, these six guys are. Let me snag their their stream and all their stats about their stream and just embed that on the tournament page. So, uh, and it also has a mechanism where, as players get eliminated, I remove their stream from the from the uh, screen. So, yeah. So it's, it's gonna be like a you know last man standing kind of thing. Like, you know, hey, are, are you an aspiring Twitch streamer and you've got you know 15 subscribers but you want more oh hey there's a 500 player magic tournament this weekend with a $30,000 prize pool go win that stream yourself winning it and you will get a lot of eyeballs on your stream because people people who are interested in that tournament will come to the page they'll see the streams list they'll see you on it in the top 4 and people will watch you but then it goes from the other direction too if it's a big name streamer who already has 100,000 subscribers uh, they love doing events like that. Like, hey, come play with me. So, I mean, we could do some kind of like affiliate link where we say, hey, big name streamer, give this link to your followers. And, you know, for every follower of yours that subscribes using this link, we'll give you X percent of the pool or whatever. Um, and the the viewers of those streamers love the, the possibility that they might get to play against their favorite streamer in some tournament. So it's like, all right, well, he's going to be playing in this. Come play with him. And it's just another uh another feedback loop of uh you know eyeballs coming to the site and and wanting to participate um yeah you mentioned the professional players like that's another aspect of my my fanciful dream about what a fifth of gaming can become like you mentioned that it is challenging to be a professional gamer like you have to get sponsorships and if you don't have that well you're you're in trouble but imagine if a fifth of gaming is like this hub where hey hundreds of people are are putting a few bucks into a into a pool to play Starcraft 2 or Overwatch or Counter-Strike or whatever it is and I'm an aspiring professional Dota player I can go win this tournament because I am a pro like you know semi pro player trying to hit the big times I can go and win you know 500 bucks or whatever and now I'm I'm set for groceries for the week and I can continue pursuing my dream again this is all you know fanciful daydreams but i i love you know shooting shooting for the moon here
0: it's going to kick off i think faster than any of us expect right and this is i'm so keen about this because this is this is where we're getting to this is what bitcoin cash community is starting to get to that that point like after the split there was all chaos there's you know forks and fighting and all that for years and then you've got to have the node uh level the protocol has to settle the politics and governance has to settle then you have to have the dev libraries now we're starting to get some good uh wallets obviously with celine wallet but also others as well too paytaka zap they're getting better all the time right the cash wallet like they're all getting better and so now we're starting to get to the like end consumer type of stuff uh cash rain bch guru uh this a uh, fifth of gaming right lots of these projects are really starting to get going and then They'll also need to cook for a year or two to yeah. come out a BCH bull, right? Uh they, these things are just building up and up and up. And at one point they're gonna all start to kind of come good at the same time. And then the network effect of all of them is gonna be insane because yeah. people are gonna come in for and try like a fifth of gaming and they'll be like, what else is going on? Oh wow, the Bitcoin Cash Podcast sponsors. Let me listen to this. Oh, wait, there's these 10 other things that I can try out. How cool is all of this? And we're attracting people away from. It doesn't matter what other crypto we're not doing on Twitter or trying to win a debate. It's just like our stuff is more fun and cooler and better than anyone's. So yeah, one hundred percent. I I
2: believe that's in the future, and I believe it's not too far away. And boy, I'm excited about it. Like yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing.
0: Yes. Okay. Cool. Is there anything else you want to uh, add and explain about that before we move on? Um, yeah, I I will say. Uh, in brief,
2: um, you know, please, uh, be gentle with your, uh, with your feedback about the site. It's, I, I recognize that it doesn't look very sharp. I am not a good front end developer, but I've got one now and we're working on a, we're working on an overhaul. Um, any feedback that any of the users have is worth its weight in gold. So if you try fifth gaming, um, let us know what you think of it, what can we improve? Um, and yeah, I'm just, super excited about the future like our backlog is getting longer faster than it's getting shorter because i i have trouble focusing on anything else because i keep thinking of like oh man the gaming it's should, it should totally have this and that has and we're getting uh great feedback from users in terms of like um feature suggestions like i mean jeremy the one that you just mentioned is fantastic we got a great idea from tula which i'm i'm trying to roll out in the next day or two like it's uh, it, it's wild it's crazy
1: I have one more question before. Yes, sir. Uh, so I would love to take place in these, but I like just don't think I have the time. So I'm curious, so if you've been doing this for a while, what suggestions do you have for, like I guess, th- the time management around this kind of thing? So the nice thing about A Fifth of Gaming is the
2: consistency of the scheduling. So it's it's always once every five days. And because there's no central authority or whatever or anyone's personal schedule has to be worked around you know that these events are going to be once every five days forever so um you can take the current um it's currently scheduled session and look out into the future on the calendar and say hey i want to participate in one of these tournaments i know for sure there's going to be one on you know x day of x month i'm going to put that on my calendar and then protect it from any other real world things that might wants to take that that time slot that's the way i do it when i have um you know special events my my social guild i'm just kind of in the cadence from having done it for the last four or five years whatever just every five days i play a round of whatever with my with my friends currently playing across the obelisk diablo
0: 4 is coming up next and it's just kind of part of my routine these days yeah emergent reason says in the chat uh are you looking for investment so that might need to be a a conversation you need to you need to follow up but uh maybe just briefly touch on what's the kind of monetization game plan here you're, it's already sounding like you're getting enough uh feedback and stuff that this could be a full-time type of setup yeah so
2: so of course that's the that is the dream scenario is uh i'm able to quit my job and just work on this full-time um very probably, my boss is going to be listening to this podcast because he's, you know, uh, low-key BCH enthusiast. Um, so, just to be clear, Mike, I love my job. I love working for you. It's all great, but we both know this is this is this is the dream state. Um, yes, in terms of um, monetization, so there is a three percent rake I mentioned. Um, that's going to be uh, a little bit of income. The uh, potential for sponsorships is very interesting. So, imagine you have this this guild that's focused on StarCraft 2 or whatever. And it's attracted a lot of big name StarCraft players that participate in these in these semi-weekly events. Um and we ha- we've got that sponsorship bar at the top right now, which is which is very crude. Uh it's just got, you know, logo and a link to it. And that's all there put there manually. But I can imagine a system where we sort of formalize and automate that, where we someone looking at this page will see a little thing that says, hey, you want to sponsor this? Send money send this amount of money into the guild vault that's the thing that seeds future tournaments um and you know the more you send to this and we'll give you a unique address so we know exactly where it's coming from uh the higher your sponsorship tier will be on um uh on the, the tournament page and so that money would feed into this guild's ecosystem which would attract more players which would which would increase the rake um but uh also we have talked about this this idea of doing like higher level guild subscriptions like right now the guild subscription is like one dollar per player per month so it's very like i'm not trying to get like extract lots of wealth out of people it's one dollar a month um uh but we've talked about the possibility of like okay maybe we can have like a premium level subscription that has all these cool features and and whatever so um We are very much at the moment just trying to finish building out like the very important core features, and we're making great progress on that. Uh, It is very fun to think about like, hey, maybe this will make money someday. But to be clear right now, this this has been very much a money losing enterprise for me. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, maybe someday. And, you know, when we when we reach that point, um, again, because Bitcoin cash is integrated into the heart of the system. you know, I imagine that integrating uh, all of these kinds of things that I'm talking about will be pretty painless. Like we've already got all the pieces we need. It's just a matter of what exactly we're going to offer and and what we're going to charge for it. But yeah, that's um, that's a ways down the road. But it is exciting to think about it from time to time.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's great, great to hear. And I think yeah, you might have uh, more economic traction and go in there faster than you than you think. If I had to had to bet but uh yeah i'm very happy to be sponsoring this tournament and we'll be playing in that next week uh hopefully we can do some streaming of that i know uh, chat is definitely going to be streaming hopefully we'll also uh do a stream as well and yeah hopefully i can wreck Callisti. So. Yeah. <laughs> <I, I laughs> so i will one v one yeah but, uh,
2: i hope you guys meet in the finals yeah i will also be uh be streaming it but just to be clear um I was trashed here at StarCraft 2 uh back in the day. Then I stopped playing for 12 years. I cannot imagine my skills have improved <laughs> in that time. So I, I will be I will be participating in the tournament. Uh and it is double elimination. So I will be playing twice uh and I will I will stream the adventure there.
0: No. Yes. Yes. No, I'm I'm certainly a little bit out of practice. Might have to see if I can in some time this this week to probably uh, maybe i don't know i probably can't play random which i would like to do i might might have to just play zerg
2: yeah, i was always i was always protoss but part of the reason why i named the guild
0: power overwhelming is because i just love that uh, the archon fuse is so cool yeah. <laughs> absolutely all right next thing we've got on the agenda then is cash as the wallet connect v2 so there was an announcement just yesterday uh from cash and eyes the web wallet that matthew hirkins is working on he said new chapter for cash begins today connect your wallet seamlessly to web3 BCA apps that's the initiative and work by mainnet pat cash now supports the Wallet connect v2 standard also big thanks to the funders of the flipstarter campaign and jim tendo for code reviews so i wanted to call this out for just quickly a couple of reasons which is firstly The dev work is relentless, right? Things are always plowing away at every level of the ecosystem. And it's great to see that our ability to compete with the DeFi ecosystem is also rapidly just leveling up as everybody works away on it. Obviously, we have to build everything from scratch because we can't just copy paste uh, like most of these other EVM chains. We do need to build it all on UTXO, but that's starting to get rolling. So I'm very, very pleased to see that. I'm pleased to see it. Again, Flipstarters is delivering, Matthew, putting up good results there. So uh, the community once again can uh, just double down on Flipstarters, doing an amazing job in moving money to the right uh, people. And certainly if he's running more Flipstarters, I, I contribute and I recommend other people to contribute. And finally, the Cash Ninjas Mint, which I believe was also some of the emphasis on this, will be live in just a couple of hours. When we started the stream, it was about five hours away, I think. But let me just see if I look up the site right now. Uh, I think it's probably only you know three or four hours away at the, at the max. So uh, if you're interested in that project and the NFTs and all the work that they're doing there, then you can check that out at ninjas.cash and have a chance to try out this new uh, Wallet Connect V2 with Cash and Eyes as well, too. So I'm super excited about that and wondering if yeah you have any thoughts on development of the ecosystem or these uh, improving wallets and and I I love to see this
2: stuff um and part of the reason why I'm so excited to see it is because uh I don't understand most of this stuff like this um like what's going on with this thing it's it's out of my wheelhouse I have my area of expertise over here and someone else in the bitcoin cash ecosystem is doing these other things that I'm not paying attention to, but are still happening over there. It's beauty of this decentralized network is like everyone can contribute all over the place. Like, and it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I will, I I will say I'm, I'm not, I am very enthusiastic, enthusiastic about peer to peer electronic cash. I, I have been in the space a long time. I have explored a lot of use cases. Um, peer to peer cash is the only one that I am passionate about. So, the, the, the mints, the NFTs, all that stuff. Like, I'm glad there are people that are excited about that and that they're that are working on it uh, for Bitcoin Cash, but it's not something that I'm jazzed about, which is why
0: I, I said I, I don't really understand what's going on and what they're doing in Steph's space. Yeah, well, we don't need to get into it uh, now, but maybe sometime once uh, Fifth of Gaming has uh, done a few more iterations, we'll have to get you back and get what's the story with cash cash token because yeah. this is another thing that is just going to be huge is then once you'll be able to buy in like shares of somewhat like on poker that they do stables you know people back each other as to winning the, the tournament and you could do the same thing with with cash token you could bet on your favorite stream to win and get a yeah. of the winning so you're crowd crowdfunding their entry and like oh there's so much that could be oh uh, that's i haven't thought about that that's a cool idea <laughs> I got a, i get a lot of ideas, yeah, man. I know. <laughs> Just not been, a few hours a day. <laughs>
2: been, the theme with the Fits of gaming in the last three months is like every other day it's something like, oh man, that's fantastic. Like I hadn't thought about that, but quick, right in the backlog before we forget, it. like
0: I don't know. Yeah. Uh yeah. No, it's a good problem to have too many uh things and not enough time. Okay, so it's three hours and thirty-nine minutes until the uh ninjas mint uh starts. So if you're interested in that, you can check that out at ninjas dot cash and by the time you listen to this episode it will certainly be live that's um there's five thousand ninjas and i don't know what the mint price is 0.05 bch uh, mint price so uh, maybe get in there and get a few ninjas the artwork is uh, fantastic and it's really cool
2: yeah it does look really cool I, I saw a preview of it it, it looks that looks like
0: it's kicking off it's kicking off we're getting some more artists in the space too which is great to see Okay, all right. So now onto our drama segment, uh, which I personally have been looking forward to a lot. I've got a first slide here, though, because I think before we get in a lot of W's and a lot of dunks on the rest of the crypto scene, which is always fun, you first got to start with a bit of introspection, right? Uh, Before you're calling out everyone else, well, you got to make sure your own house is in order. And I heard this saying this week that your mess is your message shout out to alex Hormozy, who is uh where i found that although i don't think he came up with it but uh i like that i was thinking about that a lot right you can tell where your problems are <laughs> like you actually just need to think about it what's what's the mess what that that should be telling me something why has this become my mess? so i wondered what is the bch mess at the moment i think overall i think we're doing really good i would say since Coinflex drama. We haven't had really a lot of big uh, dramas or problems in the community a little bit here and there, you know, among, among people, but mostly it's been, been fine. So I thought, well, what, where is our actual mess then? And I concluded that it was the fact that we're still kind of being a bit ignored. We've got to the point that nobody wants to talk to us really anymore as we're going to see, because uh we've we've got all the answers. Like we're winning the dates too hard. So instead the strategy has just become let's just pretend these guys don't exist and kind of hope that it'll go away or something. But we can't let that happen. So we need to find a way to be louder and more in people's face in terms of developing like on-chain apps or things that are just attracting their own organic hype. That was that was my conclusion, but uh what do, what do you think where is the community in a mess at the moment
2: yeah there's there's no such thing as bad publicity like you know that's I, it's cliche it could be debated but i think there's a nugget of truth there um yes the history of bitcoin cash has um there's no two ways to say it drama and confusion and chaos um as i was saying earlier i believe we are in a in a more stable state right now but um yeah i I appreciate what you just said about like people don't want to talk to us because we have we have like good answers to their criticisms and good responses and people people have their beliefs and they don't want to hear things like true things that um uh call that core belief system into question one of their core beliefs is oh bitcoin cash is this just a scam like people try to steal the bitcoin name and And they failed, and they're still trying to scam people today. It's like, well, that's not actually what happened, and that's not actually what's happening now. Um, So, yeah, making ourselves difficult to ignore um, is is a good thing, uh, as long as we're not being like jerks about it. As as long as we're being, um, you know, winsome in our conversations, like we're not name calling or mudslinging or anything. It's just like, hey, you have you have questions and criticisms about Bitcoin Cash. Hey, here's here's some honest, carefully presented truth on the matter and you know do with that what you will but um
0: yeah louder is better as long as it's not obnoxious (laughs) what i'm saying is maybe we need to get a bit obnoxious (laughs) okay (laughs) the the pot a little bit i'm certainly willing to do that (laughs) jeff so i think this is one of the
1: things that uh, Paul said that I I think really resonates with me, and I, I I think I understand where you're getting from. There are certain people that I think we need to get in their face and be like, "Listen, we've got all your problems sorted out. You just have to move your wealth to this chain, and the whole world lightens up. It's such such a better place here." But I think for the mo- the majority of like normal people, we should do what Paul said and just be the cool kids having that party that you want to be a part of. I think A Fifth of Gaming does a bunch of that. I think this podcast does a bunch of that. I think the B-Chad's work does a bunch of that. Uh, so depending on the demographic, we either get in their face and be like, listen, all of your problems can be solved with this other chain that's been around <laughs> forever. <laughs> uh, and then for most people, we can still do the same old, you know, I suppose, depending on who they are. You you can be your own bank. You can get independence. You can. Blah, blah, blah. That,
2: that is a recurring theme, isn't it? Of like somebody on Twitter complains about this problem, some problem in whatever chain they're talking about, and some you know B cashier slides into the replies and is like, uh, "Hey, this solution is solved over there on Bitcoin Cash. Like, you, you want to come? Like, Shut up, stupid. <laughs> it's like, uh I'm, i mean we're on the same team here bro i'm trying to help you out with with you know i, I have the solution to the problem you're complaining about like it's
0: yeah but that's a, that's what i'm saying like we're kind of at the point that we have a lot of answers to a lot of because what are we here doing you know figuring out how to build a fifth of gaming right and uh, the bdc guys are still like wait what's happening with our uh block size i just saw vlad Costi. pro uh, posted right before the show. I think we're going to raise the block size in a couple of years, guys. Like that's yeah. still just where where they're at, you know. Or like Ethereum's like, oh shit, now we're having to put everything on L2s because our scalability. <laughs> There's cheap lighting in the background. <laughs> so, <laughs>
2: so, but by the way, fun fact: this cat's name is Gway as in Gway, one as in one uh, one billion Ethereum unit. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's Gway. I've been in crypto oh, a long time. Yeah! Wow! 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 My other cat's name is nonce
0: <laughs> story, I swear. Man. wow guay and nonce yeah i guess you have to explain those to every uh person that comes in yeah. <laughs> yeah um anyway the the point is like so i think the ultimate way really in the end and we'll say this in a second that uh we can get in people's face is just moving up the market cap uh leaderboard. because i feel like the next thing is once we hit the top 10 that's it. Mm-hmm. That's like Bitcoin Cash is fucking back, baby. Like yeah. as soon as that happens, who, who, where where are the doubters going to be? They're going to be in a panic. Where are the where are the haters? What are you going to say? Like these guys were gone. Everyone forgot about them. Ranked thirty one. It's a scam. Blah blah blah. They're back. Like yeah. after all this time, what's <laughs> what's happening here, right? That's the only undeniable thing I think we can do. And so the best thing, obviously, we can do for that is to get apps that create on chain usage that lock up. Coins on chain, which is a fit of gaming, is perfect for that. BCH Bull, BCH Guru. There's Cash Rain. Maybe there's lots of these things cooking. So I think, yeah, yeah. if we can shove that forward in any way we can,
2: yeah, what's one hundred percent? So there is in the cryptocurrency space today a wild misconception that's it's very prevalent, but it holds that large market caps means this. Pro, this project is legitimate. it has wide scale adoption and it's you know it's made it. but that is really not correct. like the top 10 projects are for the most part, in my humble but educated opinion, all garbage. like it's you know, well, I don't to get down that, but um, the unfortunate reality is people put a lot of stock in the cryptocurrency rankings. Uh, I, I don't believe they should, but that's the reality of the situation. So, uh, the higher Bitcoin Cash climbs on that ladder, the more eyeballs will be on it. And certainly, some of them will be aggressive critics, but some of them will just be curious bystanders. Like, oh, here's this new project in the top ten, which I have never heard before, or, or I heard it was a you know a scam or whatever. But how could it be way up here with the big boys if it's if it's like all the maximalists say, just a side scam or whatever so um i i'm excited about um how we've been doing this year price wise like if for no other reason than for that reason that uh, as it climbs the rankings more people will be looking at it and seeing all of the exciting and interesting work that we have done over the last
0: five years and are still doing today so yeah it's exciting times. okay all right speaking of let's which get the, <laughs> let's get to the drama let's get to the drama okay first up we have Juan Galt, who, uh, as was discussed on the episode last week, he fell through. So I've got the complete uh, chat logs here. I'm just going to read it all out because I don't think if I just summarize it, I think there'll be, oh, that's just Jeremy's version of events. But I'm just going to read it through tweet by tweet. The main chunk of what was said after that after that episode. So Firstly, you have Juan Gold said, I'm sorry, y'all. my blocks were full. I slept in, then went to dinner with fam, and totally forgot about this. I'm down to reschedule. Would have been a great troll, lol. I said, down to reschedule, but to raise proof of work requirement and reduce chances of a repeat occurrence, I'm going to need a 3-BH bond. And then I put a BCH address, and then I'll send it back to you live on air. If you don't show, I keep the sats. Tweet is accountability. And he replied, uh, can I buy it from you for sats on lightning? You tell me which BCH wallet to use, and I'll tell you which LN wallet to get. And then he said, never mind, that's way too much money, lol. Make it 50 bucks equivalent, and I'm game. Three BCH obviously being, you know, nearly 600, nearly $700. I said, you can't buy it from me for LN sats. I don't accept fake Bitcoin, only the real thing. Uh, Tongue poking out emoji. Maybe someone else will do a P2P swap, though, if you ask around. I'll reduce the amount to $50, though. That's a fair request let's say 0.25 BCH, which is currently $52. He said, meh, I've lost interest, maybe some other time. So I was like, you are done, son. I have absolutely got you here. So I quote tweeted him with screenshots of all this and said, have fun staying poor. And that felt fucking amazing. And he replied saying, lameo, cry harder with the price graph of BCH. And I said, bro, you don't have $50 no chart can save you, ha, 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 ha. He said, I'm too lazy to buy Bcash, much less give it to you. You are the one begging for money after all. And I said, you're too lazy to show for a podcast and too lazy to have a net worth greater than $50. I'm not begging for money. I said it's, I'd send it back live on air. The point is not the money. It's to prevent you falling through in the exact manner you now have twice. BTC on Struggle Street. So obviously, he fell through. He like. That the thing is, when you're in a situation like this with anyone, if you're in an argument with somebody who knows what they're doing, they only need a small crack. Once you open the door just a little bit, they jam their foot in there and you are finished. So he fell through on the podcast. He said he'd reschedule. I honestly didn't think it would be that big of a deal. I was like, okay, we'll get we'll get one over on him. He's going to have to send in the BCH. Um, you know, but we'll do the episode, that'll be fine. I'll send him back to BCH and I'll be like, haha We, you know, he did get him to use the BCH. But I wasn't expecting was that he firstly he wouldn't even have the money. Like I'm mind blown about that. Like maybe he does or doesn't have 700 bucks, but I didn't think that would be a big deal. It was just so funny because the whole thing is we're rich and have fun staying poor and all of that. But he was genuinely like, shit, this is a lot of money. <laughs> and I, you know. Jed, are you going to chime in here?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think this is hilarious. One of my very first, so the the my introduction to crypto. I've explained this on the podcast before. Was a Facebook group called Anacrypt. Anacrypt v two, hilariously, was a fork of Anacrypt because it's cryptocurrency, and a bunch of nerds do that. Anyway, uh, I remember very distinctly there was a Monero dude in there who just like shit posted all the time, and he regularly would be like, "Listen." If you're talking to someone that can't prove they have $1,000 in their bank account, you should stop talking to them. <laughs> and I feel like yeah. he just did that yeah. to Mr. Gulp well, here.
0: That's right. It's just it's just so ironic that uh, all this Twitter, you know, big talk and have fun staying poor. And he even posted the price chart to me. I'm like, dude, you just said you don't have $700. Like, it doesn't really matter with this price. Clearly, you hadn't invested in this grand price run-up otherwise it wouldn't even be a big deal and like i don't know if some if i if it was the situation where it was best and i'd done it i would be like fine there's no risk the i've made the tweets all the blockchain records would be there right there's no way so anyway then he said can you put it down to 50 dollars?" and i said yeah that's fine and then he still fell through anyway and tried to come up with these weird like oh you're begging for money like i i honestly can't tell whether he's just too stupid to understand what the offer was or whether He was just trying to find a way to sort of excuse it and then he kind of came up with some other stuff after this being like well if you won't try lightning network why should i try bch and it's kind of like well because you're the one who dogged us on the original show so now the ball's in our court and you've got to you've got to come meet us on our side of the fence also i have no reason to send you any lightning network because like the whole point of this is you've got to put in the bond we're not doing a lightning network bond we're doing a bch yeah. One. So I just I don't know. I i had great fun with this and uh one if you're watching, mate. It's time to just grow up and be an adult, right? If you fall through <laughs> on the podcast, not only do you look like an asshole or, originally, but doubling down then you're just looking incompetent, mate. So tough <laughs> Pantera in the chat said he'll need the fifty dollars to buy a coffee in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This this whole situation was
2: was bizarre. Like I well, first of all, one if you are watching, I just gotta say. You missed out on a great experience, like being on the Bitcoin Cash podcast. Is so far, it has been a blast. So you know, you're you're shooting yourself in the foot by by skipping out on it. But yeah, it's, it was a weird play by him. I, I guess he was g- going to stick it to you. Like you know, he's he's going to show you how. Oh uh, man, I'll I'll show up. I will not show up for their podcast. That'll teach him. Like, uh, that's not how you win an argument. Like if 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 you want to come and convince us of the merits of Lightning Network. Which boy, that is a that is a tall task. Like I, I can say the benefit of anyone who doesn't know already, the Lightning Network is not good. Like it is not a marvel of technical achievement. It's a Rube Goldberg machine. But if you want to come make that case in a public forum with an expert from the other side of the fence, do that. Don't sure I'll come and then not come and be ha, gotcha. I, I don't know
0: it's i mean but i uh, know but i don't think he i think he did actually mean to show up i don't think it was a troll that's what i said oh, at the time and okay. then he he said that himself he said no i wasn't i wasn't trolling like i genuinely just you know blanked or i didn't schedule it properly and that happens like you know that that does happen so the yeah. the killer point was then afterwards i said okay well i'll give you the you know okay it wasn't a troll but Obviously, if he's going to put seven hundred dollars on the line, I'm not going to care if he trolls me again. I'll keep the seven hundred. Yeah, keep the seven hundred. That's fine. So it seemed like a perfectly fair request, but then that just like that was just too much, and and it it just all fell apart there.
2: It would have led to an exciting uh, counterpoint opportunity. Like you said, hey, I'll give you this seven hundred dollars live on stream. Yeah, and you know, show here's here's how fast and awesome Bitcoin Cash is. You could say like, hey for curiosity's sake, like, can you send me five bucks on the lightning network right now?
0: And
2: maybe it'll work. Like maybe there's no properly funded channels between you and him. Like, and know, that's, that well, that's would right. Be, that would be perfect. If it fumbled on live on the stream, that'd have been fantastic.
0: Exactly. That's right. And I just have him dead to rights on like every angle of this. And it's just, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. we, what, we what, just... what what else can you say? It's so this is just <laughs> the state where the debate has got to like, he has about seven thousand twitter followers so the show is now big enough that it's about the same you know about roughly equivalent in terms of his kind of reach he can come in here and and like i uh, was just ratioing him over and over in the twitter thread because people who like are on my side are like well jeremy's wrecking him and then whoever was reading it from his side was kind of like whoa i do not want to be getting in here like we're getting absolutely roasted so uh that's just great to see and uh yeah the uh, inertia is now on now on our side but yeah if you just fall through like that's just it it just feels to me like a like the kind of thing a teenager would do like if you (laughs) you fall through on a business deal and then you're like no but it needs to be tit for tat it's like no dude you already fell through the first time so actually yeah you're starting with the lower rep yeah exactly you got a deficit to make up anyway that's uh why he will not be coming on the show and uh yeah good good luck to him with his uh whole bitcoin uh price graph i guess okay that's that uh drama out of the way for anybody who who is interested in what happened to that okay we've got now the uh price segment which i've moved uh down in the show usually we do it at the start to be uh but it's relevant to this second piece of drama so uh the title is bch reflaps ltc then retreats so Today, Bitcoin Cash is $228.91 USD, which is up 1 BTC buys 121.8 BCH. So we're also up on the ratio there and 1 ETH buys 7.1 BCH. So we're up marginally. But the bigger story is that we are rank 17 with about 4.45, 4.46 billion in market cap and two spots higher than us uh, rank 15 is Litecoin, which has 4.8 billion market cap. And in the last week, uh, BCH did at one point pump up and a couple times it just briefly was ahead of Litecoin before falling back down now this is a big deal because in the grand context of cryptocurrency like you're saying with the top 10 a lot of it's garbage and also there's different niches of coins right so bitcoin cash is in the cash section essentially with litecoin being probably the biggest competitor then maybe dogecoin but that's also just known as a joke and then obviously bitcoin bdc who themselves have mostly given up on being part of this whole cash economy type of situation so if BCH can reflip LTC, then suddenly we're kind of like the number one coin. If you scroll down the list, where you get to like the cash option uh, parts of it. And the reason this is also a big dunk is because the LTC community, and I have a screenshot here from Reddit uh years ago, five, four or five years ago, when LTC first uh flipped over uh, B- BCH, they called it the flapping because their motto is the chicken, I guess uh then they have a thread here the top voted comment it's happening watch the ltc bch flappinging live and the top comment is fuck bch and fuck roger ver and then some guy said i'm with you right so there was quite a bit of contention at that time and while things are now a little bit uh less uh you know obviously we had the ltc podcast uh lc underground on the show it was the first episode of this year right and at that time bch was ranked 27 and then now, ten months later, we're passing them at rank uh, fifteen on the on the charts. And okay, we've dropped back a little bit, but obviously, you know, we're gonna we're gonna just pump past them at some point, and I won't make a big deal out of it at that time. But now it's like the four minute mile. You know, once you run the four minute mile, then suddenly the mental barrier is broken. It's like that. We've already broken broken their their spirit. I feel like. And when I was trying to say to him, like, did you expect that there would be this flippening? Or he was just saying, oh, the markets are irrational. And I'm kind of thinking that doesn't explain it. You can't explain that we've gone, you know, they were nearly in the top 10 and we were nearly out of the top 30 and here we are passing you guys. So uh, it's great to see basically.
2: Yeah. Uh, by the way, that was a great episode. Uh, the lightning network or the, um, the lightning lightning. underground. Yeah, that was a great episode. I, I enjoyed that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, We'd love to see more of that like representatives from other communities coming on and, and talking to you guys about their project and comparison and pros and cons of stuff um yeah and i you know i want to like extend something of an olive branch to the Litecoin community i believe a lot of them have their hearts in the right place um obviously i, I believe that bitcoin cash has a superior technology and and kind of believe it or not less historical baggage um but it, it is a um a good I don't know. It, it feels good. It's a mental win, um, a, a win for morale to kind of come up and be right alongside Litecoin again after having been uh, after having been so far behind them. Um, and you know, also from another perspective, there's this this um, this concept of the big four in cryptocurrency, yeah. stemming from like a, a it was it Gary Geyser, whoever years ago saying, "Oh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash." I mentioned those because they're not securities, whatever. So this concept, I keep seeing it in more and more places of the big four, like the serious players in the cryptocurrency space, and Bitcoin Cash is one of them. S- since the time I saw that start emerging, Bitcoin Cash has been like the bottom in terms of market cap. It would be cool to not be the bottom of, of the big four. Um, but yeah, and as, of course, this all ties into what we were talking about earlier, about how the higher up on the rankings you get, the more eyeballs just sort of generally drift in your direction. So I was excited to see this. I um, uh, you know, it's bummer to like pass them and then come back down. Uh, but <laughs> it's like well, I mean, just
0: accelerate <laughs> past, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's
2: like ah, eh, never mind. We'll 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 come back later. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I remain very optimistic, very bullish about the future. Um, and it, you know, if the the grandiose future that we're envisioning comes to pass, and I expect that it will, like, probably we'll continue climbing.
0: Yes yes exactly so obviously like like usual price is not everything but it is important people mm-hmm. take it as a bit of a metric and it was nice to get one back there i yeah i think maybe it'll be a couple weeks couple months who knows but at some point bch will just go on another bit of a tear we'll go past them i'm not even going to make a, a big deal out of it now we've we've done that we've kind of uh you know made that clear to them and i uh, did a post saying like yeah I, same thing i think any Litecoiners, please. I would love for you to join the the bch community come look into it the arguments in my mind obviously for ltc are very weak like you just have a community that kind of the whole where the silver to bitcoin's gold like you're never going to win like that right that's like joining the olympics and saying guys we're going to be the second best like what do you mean you're you're not even going to come fifth if you're aiming to be second best right if you're You've got to be shooting to win at least. That has to yeah. be your mentality. They don't have that. They have that one mimble wimble, which they say is great, but everything I've, you know, from my limited technical understanding of what that is, I'm like, this is pretty mad. They put segwit in their chain and poison pilled it, like BTC. It's all just but, like people who are trying to jump on the bandwagon too late, but the second bandwagon. What? Yeah.
2: Second bandwagon. Yeah, and it's, uh, I, I feel like I've also had lightning network. Or, uh, I keep saying lightning instead of Litecoin. Litecoin proponents will come at me with like, "Oh well, haven't you heard about the Lightning Network on Litecoin?" And I'm like, "I have, <laughs> and I, I feel comfortable claiming that I understand it better than you do. I'm telling you for sure, it's not going to work the way you think it's going to work. Like, so yeah. I, again, I, I believe a lot of them want the same things that we want in terms of like freeing humanity from the tyranny of fiat, but." I believe they are misguided in, um, you know, hooking their buggy to the winning horse, so to speak. Like, uh, c- c- come on over to Bitcoin Cash, guys. It's it's great over here. Come come play yeah. come play some tournaments, video game tournaments. You can try it out. Try, try to go cash.
0: <laughs> exactly. I don't see a lot of A Fifth of Gaming or any of these other cool projects on BCH really starting up on LTC. Like, their main wallet seems to be Cake Wallet, which is now adding BCH and has a bunch of other coins. Like, where is their... A lean wallet they don't even have it they didn't even have three civil wars like we did and they still yeah. only have like a fraction of the actual cool shit we have so like they're just not yeah, really can it
2: really guys. be a, a hardened and super cool big, or, uh crypto community if you haven't had multiple civil wars i don't think <laughs> yeah, you can i
0: guess that's right yeah exactly what are you even doing do you have enough contrarians and anarchists in there like what's what's going on here guys what's going on okay so speaking of that we now have the third uh, massive W for BCH. Obviously, these last two huge Ws for BCH. We've got a third one, and possibly the biggest and most uh, vindicating. Uh, the former CEO of Enchain, Christian eger Hansen, has gone public saying that Craig Wright is not Satoshi and using faked court documents uh, along with Calvin Air to assist in this entire fraud and scam that basically is uh, Bitcoin SV. So I'm just going to read this uh, tweet that triggered off all of this there was a ton of other stuff that he's been posting and whatever but this is the this is the main game this is what started so he tweeted here quote I can confirm I have departed from Enchain Global as its group CEO with immediate effect after reporting several serious issues to the board of Enchain Group including what I believe is a conspiracy to defraud Enchain shareholders orchestrated by a significant shareholder. I also had concerns about the ultimate beneficiary shareholder and the real people behind DW Discovery Fund registered in Cayman. The chairman also took instructions from shadow directors, which I didn't accept. I have also reported that I have found compelling evidence that Dr. Craig Wright has manipulated documents with the aim to deceive the court. He is Satoshi. I'm told myself that Dr. Craig Wright is not Satoshi. Uh, Oh, no, I'm today myself convinced that Dr. Craig Wright is not Satoshi, and I'm persuaded that he will lose all his legal battles. The board didn't take action, and my job becomes clearly untenable. One of the things I recommended the chairman of the board was to sack Dr. Craig Wright. I feel sorry for all the great people that work in the company, but I don't want to be part of something I clearly don't believe in. Hashtag fake Toshi. And then he has a photo of uh, Calvin and and Craig uh, there to sort of rub it in. So for people who are out of the loop and don't know what this is all about, basically when BCH and BSV split, which is now almost five years ago, it will be November 18th, I believe, 2018. So coming up to five years ago, uh, and as covered in episode 85, the introductory episode, the big contention was over Craig Wright claiming that he was Satoshi and this guy Calvin Air, this billionaire guy backing him. And there's a lot of elements to this, but the one of the big things about the BSV community is they love this whole legal battles trying to sue people to prove that he's Satoshi because he obviously can't just cryptographically sign because he's a fake. And then uh they love all this corporate stuff and we're going to be the big business guys. And I mean it's all just this huge pile of like lies and scams and not really what cryptocurrency is about at all. But the theory, or I'm going to put theory in quotation marks, that all the BSV people would say, oh, this is Satoshi, or we're doing all this great stuff, but everyone would say, no, can I, can't you see that this is all a scam by Craig Wright, where he pretends to be Satoshi, Calvin backs him, they try and sue to get patent rights or something like that over Bitcoin, and then that's how they make their money back. Like, that's the entire rift, right? And everybody said that, this is not like a, minority opinion this was just what everybody said bsv was but now all the evidence has come out that that's exactly what it was the whole oh yeah time. <laughs> and i
2: i think there's even I, there's even more to it and i um you know my understanding and again i i pay attention to this a- at a distance because i've got you know other more interesting things to think about but my understanding is that part of the goal was okay we're gonna we're gonna make this personality cult around craig Wright being satoshi We're going to, you know, keep the price of Bitcoin SV propped up with that and, you know, whatever other financial support they can get. Um, We're going to make actual code changes to the Bitcoin SV reference client um, that allow the ability to recover coins that have been, you know, lost or whatever. Uh, And then on the other side, you've got like, okay, we've got we, we need to find some judge somewhere that says, okay, yeah. You win the case, Craig. You're, we, we officially say that you're Satoshi Nakamoto. Then they can then go to the miners of Bitcoin SV and say, legally, you have to run this software. And that's how they can just, okay, we're going to s- steal Satoshi's coins on this fork of the Bitcoin, uh, project. Um, and, you know, props to them, like in, in a, in a world full of scams and, and grifts, like, this as far as I know, this is unique. No one has done this particular scam before. So <laughs> congratulations on on uniqueness. But the like the whole thing has been patently ridiculous. Like the whole Bitcoin SV uh era. Um if, if I if I may, I'd love to share a couple of my favorite Craig Wright memories uh
0: with Can, with, can we just can I just add one, oh, please. one more yeah. thing before before yeah, we do go that? There. So like you're saying, that was the game plan, but and there's a step further, which is that the idea was to sue and get the uh court to approve of um essentially a, a transfer in quotation marks of the coins to craig right who supposedly lost them and supposedly is satoshi and owns them so the idea was to get him like the one million yeah. supposed satoshi coins over to him on bsv right but that's mm-hmm. not even the end of the grift the whole point is to do that that it's a precedent that it can be mm. done mm-hmm. and then they were going to try and do that on the far more valuable btc and presumably also bch chains so for this attack to work they kind of need it's like one of the ultimate proving grounds of bitcoin like is there any roundabout way you can get in there and yeah. even if they make this change on bsv so that they can just flip the coins over to um to to craig's address or whatever they can't Like that, that's not a backdoor that they could put into the BDC or BCH software because they've just added a special rule, which says, if this is these certain coins, just give them to Craig, right? But they can't force that into the BCH software because, or the BDC software, because the devs are both like, no, fuck off. And even if they did force them to do it, then you would have to get all the nodes and the miners to run it. And so their whole game plan was to get this legal attack, basically, to make that happen uh and so it's what has all come out now is Calvin is trying to be pretending that everything's fine and that's what these bsv people do every time they never take yeah. an L like they always <laughs> double down with like yeah. we don't need you anyway this is all, all according just to plan. Like, It'll, yeah. yeah exactly all according to plan we don't need this scammer blah 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 and then uh but the idea was well we if we can force the devs to somehow put in these rules then they could steal like 1 million btc which is you know however hundreds of millions like billions of dollars financial yeah and then the i the plan was that craig was supposedly uh from some of these leaks was going to give half of it to calvin so that's been his whole thing he's already a billionaire but in Mm -hmm. trying to get multiple billions he's invested like hundreds of millions of dollars in all these lawsuits and no doubt propping up and buying all these huge bags of bsv that he's gonna have to take a huge loss on yeah. some, because there's no market he can't just sell 500 000 bsv nobody wants to buy it there's like a few like confused droids in their echo chamber and there's no they've been delisted from all the exchanges oh yeah for the most part and
2: it's it's more than exchanges like here's a here's a fun fact um So BlockChair, the Block Explorer, has uh, an API that you can send requests to like, hey, tell me, give me the UTXOs from this address or give me information about this block ID or whatever. Um, All of the responses that today come back from the BlockChair API um, will give you the information that you requested. But there's also a a footnote in the message that comes back that says, hey, by the way, As of November 2022, we do not support Bitcoin SV anymore in in any of our API and stuff. And you know, one of the head guys of Blockchair made a post uh, last year, sometime where he was like, "Hey, the Bitcoin SV blockchain is full of garbage, and also no one cares about it." So obviously, they have their internal systems where they're you know storing the blockchain and parsing it and making it uh, servable for incoming requests. Um, but they also have stats about, you know, who's requesting information about Bitcoin SV. That's how they make their money is by selling API keys and giving information to people who are asking for it. And they're like, this is just not worth the effort. Like, we're ma- we're not making enough money on selling API keys to do all the hassle and overhead of maintaining the hardware, maintain this giant glob of meaningless data. The signal to noise ratio is so low that it's not worth keeping track of. So. Yeah, like that was the thing that Bitcoin SV years were going on about. It's like, oh, man, you got no limits to the blocks. They can be super big and there's so much data and it's future of data storage. No, it isn't. This is not an efficient way to do giant data storage. It's just a giant
0: mess that you've made. But... Exactly, whatever exactly. people people just get and and this is why but this is why this was all sort of an attack on the bch community is it's like this parody of big blocks it's like big blocks can't work yeah look at bsv like they tried to upload the fucking entirety of google drive onto the blockchain and screwed it up like haha it doesn't work but that's not like the case like bch one day will be doing the blocks and the transaction volumes that bsv is doing right that that's true but there's just such a big distinction between we wrote some scripts and spammed at these ridiculously like not even one cent. They lowered it to like whatever one satoshi or whatever that they could just spam up and they changed the limit so you can put pictures of Doge in there really easily, which you can do on BCH, yes, but uh you know, not in the same way, and just uploaded these gigabytes and gigabytes of data with no real organic economy. There's obviously a huge difference between big blocks let's say a fifth of gaming pops off and we have 10 million gamers using BCH every day. Well, that would be a completely different scenario to uh, we're just uploading gigabytes and gigabytes of data with our tiny little BSV community that then the blockchain people are like, nobody's even using this. The problem is not having a lot of data. The problem is the way that they've done it and the fact that there's no organic adoption to back it up, really. Yeah, I, I
2: appreciate what you said there about it being a parody of big blocks. I I wonder about that. Like it, you know, this wasn't that long after the uh the what I like to call the exodus block when Bitcoin Cash yes. left Bitcoin. Um this it was it was the next year that all this Bitcoin SV stuff happened. And this was still contentious. Like okay well how big are the blocks supposed to be to to function correctly and this was like okay well let's just make them infinity big and just uh, oh see it doesn't work. It's like okay well that's not what we're trying to do we're trying to scale responsibly and simply and so let's let's scale as the technology allows
0: and yeah bitcoin SV. <laughs> all right but let's hit, let's say do you have some craig uh,
2: oh yeah so a uh, cu- couple of C- craig memories i wanted to share and these aren't this isn't my personal memories just things that happened that i chuckled about when they did happen so again clown show from the beginning there was gavin and message like oh i i had the chance to shake craig's hand and thank him for inventing bitcoin which looking back is feels really cringy but you know what can you do it's the past um one of the things that gavin announced in that blog post that he made was like okay on this date at this time craig wright is going to publish a signed message with satoshi's keys and i was freaking out like this is amazing i can't believe we finally know who satoshi is um but of course the day came and Craig flaked out and like shut his sight down and like made this really weird apology letter. And it was just anyway. So that's memory number one. That was my first experience of this Craig Wright guy is kind of strange. And this is this is weird. But two two favorite things happened so two, two of my favorite Craig Wright things that happened uh, at some point along the way where he's like trying to convince people that he's Satoshi. He said, hey. I control or I used to control. I mined these specific blocks. Like he gave actual block IDs <laughs> from the early Bitcoin days and said, I mined these. Uh, but you know, oops, I, I can't access the key from you know whatever ridiculous reason. Um, but <laughs> not long after that, this message was made public. Um uh, you know, and there's there's a website now. It's it's uh, Craig Wright is not Satoshi.com. And what happened was <laughs> Somebody, some anonymous person who actually controlled the keys for the blocks that Craig Wright said he's mine, published this message where he said, Craig Wright is a liar and a fraud. He He's not Satoshi. And it was, there was a couple of the things in his note, but he is not Craig Wright. And to prove that he's not Craig Wright, here is this giant list of, of addresses with the signature that using the keys for those blocks encodes this message so either <laughs> either craig wright is satoshi and he just called himself publicly a liar and a fraud or he's not satoshi and the person who actually controls these blocks which reminded 2009 are like yeah it's, it's not it's not satoshi now anyone who kind of anyone who understands the mechanics of bitcoin will understand that uh for the actual Satoshi, like the Satoshi Nakamoto, it would be trivially easy to prove that you're Satoshi. There are there are magic numbers that exist that if you have this number, you're Satoshi. Uh Craig Wright can't do. It's trivially easy to prove that you're Satoshi, and it's impossible to prove that you are Satoshi if you're not. Um, so that was that was a fun win. And the site is still up. Everyone can Google it. everyone can look at it right now. Craig Wright is not Satoshi.com. Everyone, everyone should check that site out. Um but this this was another of my favorite craig wright events this was a a theme that happened I, I saw it at least two or three times where people would get in arguments with craig wright on twitter about bitcoin mechanics
0: <laughs> oh, i love these ones yeah <laughs> and uh
2: they would they would argue with him quoting satoshi like they would make arguments with satoshi nakamoto's actual words and on several occasions, Craig Wright responded, that, oh, you're such an idiot. You don't understand Bitcoin. You're so stupid. And one guy was like, I, I don't know. Are you sure? I have it on good authority that, you know, XYZ, whatever the thing was that he said. And he's like, no, you're stupid. And whoever that whoever that source is, they're also stupid. And it's like, okay, well, here's the link to the Bitcoin talk forums where Satoshi Nakamoto said the thing that I just said to you. It's like, this guy gets dunked on all the time. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's clown show that's that's how i would describe the craig Wright here and i'm i'm excited to see that it seems to be if not coming to an end at least coming down a level he's no longer the face of this uh you know top 100 crypto and yeah we'll we'll see what the fallout is for this departure of this c-suite guy from inchane but I, I will be glad to not see craig Wright popping up in my
0: feed anymore like we're we're, we're done with you man like go find something else to do Yes, yes. And so uh, obviously there's there's a lot of different aspects to this, but the key points really is that this is a huge W for the BCH community. Why? Because everything we said was basically being vindicated for the most part. And then also uh, it's like it worked. We, we, we cut out these scammers. We threw them off on their own little orbit. And here we are five years later. It's all turned into a disaster. And you had some of the BDC people trying to be like, Oh, uh, look at this Bcash scam flowing. apart. It's like, no, you are so out of the loop if you think this has anything to do with with BCH. They're now separate and their disaster is their disaster. BCH completely unaffected. Whatever coins that those BSV people had, well, they must have sold them or decided to hodl yeah. them or whatever, because they just they can't, they yeah, can't do it anymore. And it, yeah.
2: Plus one to that. Like in in my mind, there have been three. Major efforts to capture Bitcoin. The first one we lost, like the good guys lost the block size war. Blockstream was able to, Blockstream and their well funded and very mysterious backers were successful in their first attempt to capture Bitcoin. Bitcoin endured in the Bitcoin Cash Project. And since then, there have been two concerted efforts to take it over again. And this community has become adept at identifying bad actors and ejecting them from the system uh, before they can serious damage craig wright i think was the first big test of that and and we passed um and like you said vindication here we are five years down the road and you know even his uh most adamant backers have kind of kicked him to the curb and been like no he's he's rock um so yeah good on a bitcoin yeah. cash meeting. keep your out for grifters and and uh stay vigilant like the <laughs> Until we're the world reserve currency, this is going to keep happening. People will continue trying an assortment of ways to stop this momentum, stop this project. Peer-to-peer electronic cash for the world is a dangerous idea and powerful people need it to not happen. And so the
0: attacks are going to continue coming. Stay vigilant. And it needs to be, the thing is it needs to be like a shoal of fish. That's why my strategy is to educate people as much as we can because let's say there's a... Either I just lose my mind for some reason or more likely come under you know some kind of pressure and I either have to step back or maybe I start coming out with all kinds of bullshit and disinformation on this podcast. Well, the important thing is that as many people in the community know the actual fundamentals, how Bitcoin Cash works, they're aligned with the vision, and I could be cut out of it. And the same for any individual person in the community, right? we win at the point where the sort of swarm of BCH adopters has enough people with the idea the correct idea in their mind that they're able to just reconverge and reconverge and reconverge onto the same like organic grassroots movement uh you know, no matter which you know subsection or individuals are sort of either you know just come up with some bad ideas on their own or uh, pressured into, into it somehow so that's why it's so critical that everybody understands Bitcoin because if everybody's using bitcoin cash on a daily basis it's very easy to understand which is the real bitcoin it's the one that's being used it's the one that everybody is actually transacting and, and trading and you can't come up with some nonsense technical reasons or this cult of personality or anything like that like if the community can just eject people out but keep the 99 percent bulk of it still moving forward eventually that just becomes a, a crushing edge. So we're doing well to to keep that going. A couple of other things sure. that have just uh, been involved in the disaster here. Uh, there's uh, Craig uh, has somehow got a hold of this uh, ex-Twitter <laughs> account, at Satoshi, yeah, which uh, apparently some other guy registered in 2018 and he's since uh, somehow got control of it. And so he's been tweeting out like different stuff but then he's getting community noted on every single yes. One post. Yes. <laughs> uh, Love it. With the community notes saying, Craig Wright controls this account. He's a fraud. Here's the links. Like, yeah. check out the information. Uh, Calvin is obviously trying to play tough guy act publicly, but he's also been busy deleting tweets and trying to bury the evidence, of course. Uh, Stefan Matthews, who is also one of the big wigs at NChain, he's in part of the leaks that uh, christian Dagge Hansen has come out with uh saying that they're heading into a fucking disaster with this uh Copa trial in January so after all these lawsuits basically uh the it got to a certain point where Coinbase and like a bunch of the other big crypto companies were like look we just have to stop this we have to put a fucking end to it so they made this thing called the Crypto Open Partner Alliance and they've sued Craig Wright to like prove in court that he's not a fraud so that it's in the record and there's no more of this legal uh, bullshit. So that's in January. I think it's January the 15th or something. So no doubt the the general crypto sphere will be uh, very interested in that when it happens. But is that just at like, his this, uh, Calvin, he's got a lot of money and he's been able to do this legal bullying tactics. But uh, finally, the industry got together and was like, we're still bigger than you, mate, or we certainly are now. So uh, they're just going to put a complete stop to this. And hopefully that will just be the end of the matter. So I'm looking forward to that. But obviously, this uh, this meltdown has come about as a result of their own lack of confidence that that was going to go well. Their delusions about that clearly falling apart at last. And then finally, you have the BSV community themselves. What actual organic people are involved are now even further in disarray as some of them say, no, this is the latest round of 4D chess, which they can endlessly (laughs) go back to. And then some of them say, like, guys, were we wrong? Like, what are we doing? Or some of them are saying, no, Craig Wright's always been bad for the community. But some people say, no, we need Craig. (laughs) It's just absolute clown show. If you
2: you don't have Satoshi Nakamoto on your team, like,
0: what have you got left? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sorry, Jenna, cut you off.
1: No, no, no worries. Uh, there is an email that Stefan Matthews, Stefan Matthews, sent to uh, Christian, which was originally an email from Calvin to Craig. And there are just a couple lines in this. Jeremy, if you'll give me the time, I'd love to read.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. Let's Let's hear. All
1: right. The email says, as I sit here, I'm on a beach in southern Spain. I have a good life. I have every intention of keeping it this way. Right now, the only negative in my life is your litigation disaster and getting old, but uh, that one I cannot fix. I will accept your explanation that you did not actually threaten me. So the following is the situation we find ourselves in. This is where it gets so fun. (laughs) I have been operating under the assumption that you and Ramona have the keys and that you're simply pretending not to have them as part of some strategy that that you've trapped yourself in. But now that we're looking at a situation where continuing to deny you have them ruins your life and damages your supporters, I'm forced to make a tough decision. It no longer matters if you have the keys or not, uh, as it is my opinion based on the advice from Zafar and others that you cannot win the COPA trial if you do not sign at Harvard, so I have no choice in what I have to do. This, of course, will me- will also mean that you lose all other cases other than maybe the token theft case, but to me, losing COPA uh, even puts a- this at risk. As Copa will set precedent that you are not Satoshi in law. All IP other than n-chain patents will disappear. This means that you're not going to be able to get a court to declare that you own any tokens either. We have also verified that there is no complete paper trail evidencing... Evidencing? Uh, The trust owning any tokens. This, after nearly a year of Zurich reviewing... All the evidence you have. This means you cannot repay me the money you owe me for all the litigation to date. This means every cent spent on your cases is me pissing away my kid's inheritance. If you have the keys, er, your best play is uh, to now use them. Going to jail for perjury uh, but losing the entire world accepting you are a flawed Satoshi is infinitely better than losing this case and only being considered likely to be flawed Satoshi after your death by historians as no other realistic person is ever found. I'm so excited just reading the yeah. music. <laughs> this that is rough. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. However, it's my opinion that once the world accepts your uh, flawed Satoshi, everything changes and all of this just goes away. I can make it all go away, in fact. There is zero, zero reason to continue to pretend you do not have the keys if you really have them. Side bonus is that using the keys in this way, combined with Verdict in Florida, will likely be an accepted replacement for proper paperwork for financial institutions. The best paragraph. So either you are a moron for intentionally losing this case, or you're a moron for actually not having the keys. <laughs> Either way, I'm not following you over the cliff, and I actually have concerns with Stefan even being a witness, as I know what they will do to him for this. My opinion in having watched this play out over the years is that it's very clear you are hopelessly bad at litigation. The, in all caps, ONLY reason you won in Florida is the other side got greedy and tried to both steal your shit and ruin your reputation, and this was conflicting agendas and so confused the jury. The other side will not be making this mistake in London. To me, I am doing you and your supporters a favor. I will cover this in CG, CoinGeek, as us still being sure you are Satoshi, even as it's clear that you were run over by the combined forces of Silicon Valley, U.S. payment companies, and the entire crypto world. We will say that we believe you did forge some documents to replace ones you destroyed earlier to try and pretend you were not Satoshi. We will say this because your Asperger's makes you not think and act like an adult. You are like a super smart teenager. (laughs) This is not how this would play out in the media if we spend toe-to-toe with COPA and, st- uh, and they still win, which is what is most likely, in addition to the massive waste of my kid's wealth. Last, last section of the email. It's clear that once you lose, you will need me more than ever. I will be the only one standing between your family and the soup kitchen. At least at the moment, depending on how self-destructive you get, I am not stopping my fundi- funding of the association, the ecosystem, or end chain and you. In fact, this decision makes funding them a lot easier for me. From my perspective, this decision improves everything now. Your continuing to accept this funding is your acceptance that you're that our existing deal is still valid and you agree with me that my stopping funding, a lost cause is not a violation on my side. You are further agreeing that you, will perso- uh, that you personally will pay me back for all the money I have spent on your project, even if the trust never gets any tokens. I do not believe this case is fundable in any other way. I do not believe you will even be able to get a competent law firm to work with you uh, on this as I expect all the lawyers, lawyers will bail out once uh, they know I am out. The analysis above will be done by everyone, and they are coming to the same conclusion. However, I will support any new funding options you can, uh, you can find. If this is your wish, just send the plan to Elaine and I. I do not expect this to happen, however, as you've made yourself just, to, uh, just too toxic for this, and your enemies have piled on in branding you as such. They are ever so gleeful with every round you pinch off into your own feet. As I said above, I believe what I'm doing is actually tough love. It's definitely not meant to hurt you, and it will actually help you looking at this from where I'm sitting. The lawyers, will, uh, the lawyers all dropping you because you ran out of funding is the best case scenario that I can see if you cannot do a hard Harvard signing. By the way, you lost both contempt of court cases. Christian was the one that saved you and you're acting uh, acting like you're too selfish and ignorant to even understand this. I don't believe you have even thanked anyone. Both of these contempts would have been used against you in all other cases. See,
0: Absolutely a total disaster. And here we're getting a look into the mind of a billionaire who has been strung along and fooled by a con man for over yeah. five years, and yeah. as everyone predicted, there was gonna be a day where he sort of figured it out, and he hasn't even got all the way there. He's still trying to like piece together what, like, you hey, know, you, can you can still, still sign at Harvard, Satoshi. Yeah, he's still, there, like, <laughs> he's you still on the hook, <laughs> he's still, he's still hoping for it not to be the case that he was conned but he has been and I think that when he talks about pulling the funding out of the ecosystem it's all gonna go poof like they have their the BSV story is it's it's the same as the BCH story in that way like they say there's an organic community there's all these different projects you know we say it's not all funded by Roger Veer which obviously it isn't and it's actually legit and then they say it's not all funded by Calvin Air but maybe if Calvin stops funding it we're gonna find out right <laughs>
1: I think it's so hilarious just that. So you're either a moron for this stupid thing or you're a moron for this stupid thing. Yeah, that's perfect. Like, (laughs) yeah.
0: He's just a moron. Uh, One final thing is uh, the BSV community, to their credit, uh, have actually been coming up with some innovative stuff with Hotlocker, where they've been locking their coins to um, back uh, social media posts, basically like Twitter, except you could lock your coins to uh, boost up your posted in the rank which is actually a genius idea i love this idea and it would be awesome if we had a bch uh version i even looked into making a quick like uh prototype but i haven't uh got the time and uh you know wherewithal to get that done at the moment but that's a that's a genius idea and i'm looking at that closely because that is actually the first good idea i think i've seen out of bsv ever uh so that just shout out to them for that they're they're working there but I don't know if it's going to be enough to hold hold up in the uh, tidal wave of uh shit that is coming their way. Let me also just check the price. They actually had their price pumped uh it on did. this news.
2: It went up like 30% when uh this all this blew up like which yeah. I wasn't expecting that but yeah.
0: I wasn't expecting <laughs> that either. It went from $32 it was over $40 but now it's back to $34. And uh, Christian Hansen was posting on Twitter like, oh, look, Calvin's pumped pumped it up. So maybe Calvin was like, quick, we're in a PR shitstorm. Let's just throw in like another five mil on the one exchange that accepts BSV and like give the community some reason for hope. But at the end of the day, it's just throwing good money after bad. So uh, a tough one there. And we have our meme of the week, <laughs> Kurt Walker Jr., uh, <laughs> I've labeled this success has many fathers, failure is an orphan. Classic uh, saying. It's from Kurt Walker Jr. on one of his streams recently saying, I do not officially represent CoinGeek. I don't work for CoinGeek. But then on the little graphic on the stream, it says Kurt Walker Jr., chief Bitcoin historian, CoinGeek. And the uh, BDC guy has just done the red arrows. Highlighting how ridiculous this conflict, uh, this contradiction is, and they put a nice red clown nose on on Kurt. So it's just once the rats are trying to scurry off the ship, everyone's trying to say no, no, no. And you can watch this video. He says in it like, "Well, technically, I'm not an employee. I'm just a contractor. I just do the stream and I get paid for that." And it's like, mate, you have been hard shilling BSV. Craig, everything about that for 5 years. Like if you can't see that this is an L, well, the rest of the world can, so good luck to you with that. Okay. Community comment of the week in more positive news uh comes from Don Alt at Crypto Don Alt who uh made a post they have about 325 or uh, 1000 uh, X followers. And they posted a, a chart. They're obviously one of these crypto, like we've had Crypto Calio and these various ones. They posted one saying, what do you do when the whole BC, uh, the whole crypto ecosystem is down except BCH? And then the answer was you turn into a BCH maxi, of course, and the price chart of the BCH uh, thing uh, pumping up recently. And then somebody asked, Toshi underscore BDC asked, you bought? And Donald says, how could I not buy 1 bitcoin for just 0.008 btc question mark and i saw this and i quote tweeted it i think this is amazing this is a hugely bullish sign for btc why because okay maybe he's he's joking right but what this shows is that the general crypto scene have got the message that in the in the btc version of events btc is the one true chain everything else is a scam fork But in the BCH narrative, BCH is the real Bitcoin. That's what we've been saying this whole time. And BTC is the scam fork. And this guy understands that enough to make this joke and also expects his audience to understand that enough to get the joke. So even though it's been a lot of like relentlessly fighting an avalanche of bullshit, BCH is the real Bitcoin. People get it. They don't agree with it yet. That will happen once the price pumps, once we get more hash rate and the price flips. But they understand. There's a very big difference between not understanding and understanding but not agreeing. And we're at that stage. So I was so thrilled to see this. What do you think?
2: Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, I, and I said this earlier, like, there's no bad publicity. Like, even if this guy is just trolling or joking, like, his attention, his eyeballs are on Bitcoin Cash. And all of the people that saw this tweet are on Bitcoin Cash. And maybe this is news to them. Like, whoa, Bitcoin Cash is up 115% in the last 12 months? Like, thought it was dead. Let me look into that some more. Like, yeah, I I was happy to see this
0: as well. Great stuff. BCH is the real Bitcoin. It's getting... I just where you just said, uh, one Bitcoin for just 0.008 B. That's the exact point. You know, the yeah. BTC people are always saying... Oh, I dumped your scam coins at 0.1, and I got real Bitcoin. But it's like, no, it's actually going to be the other way. Especially as BCH climbs up the up the ranks, and the price does not determine the truth. But to many people, it will be convincing nevertheless. And especially these uh, random crypto Twitter accounts. So great to great to see that. Okay, we got a message to the community. I'm sure you know the drill. Yes. What does the uh, Bitcoin no. Cash community need to hear?
2: Well um I want to first restate what I was saying earlier about and anyone in the space anywhere in the world can do things to contribute so even if you're not a programmer like there are things that you can do to uh kind of further this message whether it's just talking to your friends introducing them let me send you 5 dollars of bitcoin cash and we can send it back and forth and you can see how it works um do that keep keep on keep hustling it's like you know nothing is going to happen unless someone like hey, this needs to be done. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to wait for anyone else to do it. I'm going to do it myself. So that's message number one. Message number two is, hey, if you are hearing my voice and you are interested in video games, uh, I would be delighted to have you come uh, help us with the public beta test of A Fifth of Gaming. It's a young project. It's an MVP. So there's there's lots of new features that need to be added, lots of bugs to be ironed out. But the way we're going to find those things is if we have people come uh, and play with us. So um, message number three is if you are a software engineer, uh, please, again, go to developers.cache, great resource. I would be delighted if you would try out the Bitcoin Cash client. This is a open source NuGet library, so you can, you can download and install it directly from uh, Visual Studio. I've got a tutorial on YouTube, it's 10 minutes long, step-by-step step, from a blank .NET console application. From that, within a few minutes, you're sending Bitcoin Cash broadcasting to the actual uh, Bitcoin Cash network. So um, try that out. Let me know if you have any any problems or any trouble. And uh, yeah, keep, keep on grinding. We'll get there.
0: All right. I love that. the The nice triple dip. Yeah. Message to the community. Yeah. Who no. knows when I'll be back? I got a I yeah. well, message des- while well, I got a chance. <laughs> well, well deserved. Well deserved, mate. All right. We got supporter appreciation, uh donators. Shout out to you. Always the best. Our patrons, Ricky and HP, our sponsor, General Protocols. Check out bchball.com and the Flipstarter contributors, Bitcoin Jason. Check out Townsville for a Bitcoin Cash holiday, Shadow of Harbinger, Molecular, Emergent Reasons, Erdogan Talk, and Majamalu Marcelo. So thank you for uh, everybody for listening. The Start Guide FAQ's links are at www.bitcoincashpodcast.com. If this is your first time listening to the show, check out episode 85. That will give you all the context and background. From there, you can listen to any other episodes. But... You kind of need those those fundamentals to really understand what any of this is uh, is all about. And you can also go on bitcoincashpodcast.com slash code. Uh, it's linked in the top. And we've got loads of dev resources there, including developers.cash. But you can find lots of other stuff, including Telegram links and where to find more and all that stuff as well, uh, too. So shout outs, David. Who do you want to give a shout out to?
2: Yes, a small handful of shout outs. Shout out number one goes out to my wonderful fiance, Emily, who is super great just by default, but also is uh, very supportive of me in even in all my Bitcoin cash and video game nonsense. She's always she's always got a smile and a friendly nod uh, while I'm while I'm going on about it. So shout out to you, Emily. I love you. Uh, Shout out number two to um, uh, my old friends, Matt and Josh, who have. Uh, saw what I was doing with the Fifth of Gaming and were so enthusiastic about it that they've actually joined the dev team. So the team size has gone from one to three. And this is, I mean it's all volunteer work at this point. So really appreciate uh, uh their work and their contribution. Shout out to Mike and Johan at Digital to DNA. They were the the corporate sponsors of Fifth of Gaming. And uh, you know, shout out to them. Thank you. Thank you for believing in me, believing in this project. And uh again, you guys are you guys are awesome bosses. I love working for you. Anyone in the audience in the healthcare space, check out digital 2 uh, And finally, last one, uh, Jeremy and Jet, shout out to you guys. Um, I know that you work really hard on this podcast and I believe that this podcast is an important fixture in the Bitcoin cash space. So uh, I know you hear it from time to time. I just want to add my voice to the chorus. Thank you for the work that you guys do and uh, and please keep it up. So those are my four shout outs. Uh, it has been an absolute delight to be on the show with you guys. Thank you for the invitation.
0: And uh, it's been a real pleasure. Yeah. Do you have any shout outs?
1: I have two this time making up for some of my uh, no shout out episodes. So the first one is to the viewers. Uh, I was looking at our YouTube analytics recently and I saw that people were going back and watching the old episodes. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of unheard of. For YouTube, like, especially for something that's kind of niche, this isn't a tutorial of some kind, like people aren't um, getting, I guess, tangible utility, it's just kind of information that helps them later. Uh, And to see, I think, I think you're right, Jeremy, that it was referencing those older videos in the newer videos, and maybe newer viewers going back and being like, oh, let's catch up, let's get some of the history here. Uh, So it was nice to see those things still have value and staying power. Uh, and that people appreciate them. And yeah, the even considering the quality at the time was much, uh, much harder, I guess, to sit through a full two hours than it is now. Uh, and then the second one is, well, I guess this one's uh, a joint shout out also to the viewers that uh, are watching right now. Uh, it's like Canadian Thanksgiving coming up. So uh, if you spent the time to hop on the stream, cool. We appreciate that. And then uh, I had two friends over uh, last night, Colin and Nikki, and we did a great big feast and I'm super appreciative. Uh, So shout out to them.
0: Brilliant. And my shout out goes to Alex, Sam, and also Andrea, if she happens to be listening, who I recently was showing Celine Wallet and telling them about the podcast and they, you know we're starting listening and everything like that and i was talking to alex about it and he said to me that he had just listened to the episodes back to episode number 18 so he had just binged through all those most recent episodes and so in the space of about a week and a half or two weeks between when i uh, told him about this and when i then saw him next and asked him about it i just saw that he had got it He'd clicked. I've never seen it happen that fast to obviously having uh, tried it out with Celine Wallet and then listening to all those episodes of the show. And like he's there. Bitcoin Cash historically has had such a hard time attracting people to the community and building up momentum because there's so much backstory. You got to know all the different forks. You got to go all the different what happened. You got to know all the technical details. You got to know. Why is this different to all the rest of the nonsense in cryptocurrency? You've got to believe it can work. You've got to understand why the price crashed and what the community is doing to fix that and all the drama and lies and everything like that. I've never seen anybody so fast down the rabbit hole from just listening to this show. And like you're saying, we we have that backlog now and people can just uh, listen back to it. And if you listen to 10, 10 episodes of this show coming in with very little context, as long as one of them's the... The episode 85 and then just a bunch of others you are already just jumped the queue on crypto like the rest of crypto all the nonsense and lies you'd be so much better prepared for it from that from that point on so that was just amazing for me to see because when i talk to people about the show i don't i don't have that context i don't know like sometimes i talk to people about it; they've listened to one episode sometimes they've listened to every single one And it's opaque from my point of view. And so that was just amazing to see. And it just proves to me that as the show grows, or again, if we can hit a kind of viral moment, like with a fifth of gaming or anything, then the acceleration in horsepower of the community will be just overwhelming. Because if you get thousands or tens of thousands of people having that same experience where they find the podcast and they just listen to a bunch of episodes and they've got it, that at scale will just be crushing to every other cryptocurrency so uh that's it was amazing yeah. to see and uh very glad to be transacting with you in bch these days it goes back to what i
2: was saying about the importance of what you guys are doing here like your your faq and your library of past episodes are an extremely valuable artifact in the bitcoin cash space so good on you guys i'm i, I love to hear stories of little wins like that where like here's a here's a specific Instance of a person uh, benefiting
0: directly from that, and yeah, keep up the word, the good work, guys. You're awesome. Been amazing. All right, thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next time.
2: So I started realizing that if you can just find strength, just a little bit longer, you will have a crew of people following you along the way.
0: And that is another thing that no one can ever teach you because you you're going to have to learn that on your own. You're gonna to have to figure out how to pull that energy out of your mind on your own. There's not there's there's no book you can read that all of a sudden I have it, I've got the technique now, I know how to do it. Yeah. No, it's it's a, a grind that you have to start and finish on your own.